All right, so Andy, you you finally listened to the to the episode. Well, I listened the, to at like least the, the the beginning, the beginning, the beginning of it. Yeah. So this was yeah, this was Josh's baby. This was when we immediately talked about doing cabin. He had approached me and was like, "I got an idea. I don't want to tell you what we're doing, but <laughs> this is what I I kind of want to do." And he sent me a script to read for the cold open. <laughs> okay. So he put all of that together, and then I I basically just sent him the audio portion of what I did reading from his script um and he did the post-production stuff he edited it together he put all the sound effects in damn dude uh, good job around with the intro music a little bit so that was all josh very nice so what do you think feel free to give him all the shit go right ahead i kept thinking i'm like what am i hearing what is that weird thing and then when brian started saying all that shit i'm like what the why what the <laughs> hell kind of work is he doing that's making weird like air noises like that's weird. And then I'm like, oh, no. Josh is <laughs> fucking with him. <laughs> it took me a while, but I got it eventually. So, it was, so we did fool you, at least, in, in the beginning there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was like, what the okay. fuck is that? I thought it was like something outside of my house. And I'm like, oh, I don't see anything. This is weird. <laughs> see, I didn't know what effect, Brian Josh. was reacting to. Because I just thought it was part of the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's spooky music. Yeah, I'm like, am I missing something? <laughs> and then I think the last one before you left, it was like loud enough that I was like, oh, he's he's reacting to that. That's when I that's when it clicked for me. Yeah. I know before that I was paying attention because I was like, well, let's see if they're acting because there's no way they're good actors. I'll hear it in their <laughs> oh, voices. Oh, come on. <laughs> Uh, personally, I think Josh, you wrote an excellent script. Brian, you did good. The only thing you got to work on is your scream. I love the yeah, scream. I, <laughs> to be, see, I, to I, be I felt like the scream to me sounded like more like Jazzy Jeff getting thrown out of the mansion in Bel Air than it did. <laughs> and I thought about that, but makes me that makes me love it even more. If I'm being honest. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and Super Friends. This is our second time trying a live episode for all of you super friends on Twitch. Super friends, super friends on Twitch. Uh, I'm your host Brian Levick. Joining me for this episode is someone who brought the major league butt kicking back in town, Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Uh, up next, we have someone who I would bet money watched this movie cross-legged on the floor with a giant bowl of cereal in full TMNT pajamas, Josh Zorch. I, I was wondering if that was going to end with me or not. I'm totally fine that it did. And that's well, I, it's close. I was probably cross-legged <laughs> on the couch with popcorn, but I might just rewatch it this week that way. Do it. Yes. Take a picture. Yeah, it it. <laughs> uh, next, we've got the only person I know that's hairier than Splinter, Mike Bradley. <laughs> it's oddly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how you know that, but it, I mean, it, okay. That's from my outside source. Uh, and finally, he's dirty, he's mean, <laughs> he's mightily unclean. Jose, I mean Ian Leidick. I like turtles. 
<laughs> Simple, sweet, to the point. I like it. All right, welcome everybody on Twitch to our second live recording. This is our latest in our series of Rewind Theater episodes. Uh, if you are new here, uh, we're looking for an excuse to basically revisit some old comic book movies, hence the Rewind Theater was born. Uh, we came up with a pretty large and extensive list of movies to go through, so in order to help minimize the thought process needed to pick movies each week, uh, we leave it up to the Wheel of Fate. Wheel of Fate! Wheel of Fate! Uh, the wheel, as always, will feature four one-off movies and two franchises as possible selections. Uh, when an option is taken off the board, we replace it with another one from our large list of movies that I compiled, or that we compiled, I mentioned earlier. Uh, so feel free to stick around to the end of the episode. We will spin the wheel live on Twitch for anybody watching. Get to see it with us to see what gets picked. And we will go from there. Uh, for this episode of Rewind Theater. We will be talking about 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, this is the first franchise that has been chosen off the wheel, which means the Wheel of Fate stays the same from last week. Ninja Turtles will only leave the wheel when all of the movies in the franchise have been watched. Uh, so if it happens to hit the wheel again at the end of the episode, we'll be watching Secret of the Ooze. So, you know, mm. fingers, oh, fingers crossed yeah. for that one. Hopefully that's where it ends and it never touches the wheel again. What are you talking about? <laughs> Some good flicks in there. I know. I I kind of want to revisit some of the older, the the, uh, the newer ones too. I think. I think. I know Josh has been avoiding those. So those are another excuse for him to get through some of these other Ninja Turtles movies. Very true. Guilty. You got to get through three to get there. True. Yeah. I that one I I like I sort of remember, but not well. So uh, yeah, I'm curious to see that one again too. Yeah, because I think I only gave it maybe like one or two watches when I was younger, and I was like, "This is garbage." And then yeah, go. <laughs> that's the one even the kids don't rewatch. They they yeah. we watch the, we watch the other ones. All right, so I'm just gonna we'll do it now. I'm gonna get the spoiler alert out of the way. Uh, if you've not seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990, uh, and you don't want spoiled for a 30 year old movie, pause this now. Come back to us after watching the film. Hopefully, I'd hope everybody by now has seen this movie, especially people listening to the show have seen this movie. Um, but we're going to get into specifics. So if you don't want spoiled, pause us now. We will be here when you get back. Spoiler alert to follow. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so we are into spoiler territory. We can talk about whatever we want. So, a little bit of background for the movie. The movie was directed by Steve Barron. And looking from his IMDb page, it looks like this might be his first movie, as far as I can tell. Uh, his credits include a lot of music videos for the likes of AHA, Brian Adams, Kenny Loggins, ZZ Top, and David Bowie, among others. Did he do Tango uh, Like the, I, the I didn't write down AHA? specifically which ones he's done, um, you, you, but you, I know they occurred more than once. I'll find out. Okay, yeah, there was a lot of AHA, there was a lot of Brian Adams. I, I tried to pick the ones that I saw mentioned numerous times in the IMDb. Um, but the Ninja, Ninja Turtles happened, I guess, between... Uh, he had a whole bunch of music videos, he did Turtles, and then he did some more music videos before doing Coneheads from 1993. Nice. Uh, the movie was written by Bobby Herbeck and Todd W. Langan, both of which uh, barely have any writing credits. Uh, Herbeck wrote one episode of Different Strokes, one episode of The Jeffersons, three episodes of Small Wonder, and then this movie, and that was it. Langan like wrote one after? episode of Pursuit of Happiness, this movie, 
seven episodes of The Wonder Years, Secret of the Ooze, and then that was it. Wow. So these guys, both of them, seems like their writing careers died after writing Turtles movies. I wonder why. <laughs> if can, can I can I take a moment to shout out some uh, some standouts in his music video? Yeah, resume? go for it, dude. Toto, Africa. Yes, oh, nice. I did see that too. Um, mm-hmm. Thomas Dolby, you blinded me with science. Uh, Billy Jean, Michael Jackson. Brian Adams cuts like a knife. Come on. I know. He's got some gems <laughs> Summer in there. of 69. Like, this is this is amazing. Granted, I don't know what any of those music videos look like, so I don't know if somewhere in there there's a resume for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. He he did do Take On Me from AHA. There you go. Which that is, is that's like, an phenomenal video. Yeah. 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 Honestly, in, in the history of, like, pop culture media is still, like, cutting-edge and iconic, I think. Yeah. Um, all right, starting with some questions here, and I, I'll ask anybody in chat too if you guys got any guesses. Any guesses what this film's budget was? $1990. This is 1990. Yeah, 1990's tough. Um, Comic book adaptation. $45 million. All right, we got 45. Anybody else? Without Googling chat. Yeah, uh, 27. Twenty-seven. Twenty-five. Chris is saying two hundred and thirty-five K. That's that's very <laughs> small. <laughs> that's how much chasing Amy cost. I think. Like, like Jim Henson got paid more than that. We're not talking I will about. I tell a, you, it is over a million. We're not talking about a modem. We're talking about cost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was better than every joke in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my guess. All right, so we got what forty-five. What did I? What was the other ones? Twenty-five, twenty-seven. My guess is thirty. I think I said twenty-seven. Yeah. Thirty. Uh, chat. Anything else? Eight, Nothing. Eight. Uh, did you low twenties was closest. Thirteen point five million dollars for this movie. Wow. It's a long Which time. Still ago. seems low. I don't know money then. I was five years old, so it's. <laughs> I mean, even just like for movie making standards, that seems low to me. But I guess the difference is that maybe they've done, you know, with practical effects instead of CG or any type of like really hardcore special effects. Like maybe you can get away with that kind of money. I I think this looks tremendous for that budget. If they, oh yeah, if this is what they produce based on that. That's incredible. I'm wondering if this is a property that not many people like like a film studio was like oh you want to make that turtles movie no one you know we're not going to give you this is before you know before the boom of comic book movies so i don't i don't know if they looked at this as like a kids movie so we're not going to give you budget for a kids movie or or what uh, that could well, be, I think yeah. part of it was they didn't like film out on like a street they didn't have to close down any streets or anything you know true yeah close sets yeah mm-hmm. they had a lot of that that's and, like true. they reused a lot of sets oh uh, true yeah we only go a couple places yeah. Um, all right. So another one for you guys and chat. Also, any guesses what the worldwide box office total for this movie was? Uh, I want to say I remember it being like the highest grossing movie ever at the time. If so I what, where was the bar set in 1990? Um, what it go seventy? Two hundred thirteen million. One hundred and twenty. 200 even. Ian? 70. 70 million? Mm-hmm. Chat, you guys got anything? Worldwide total? 
Unless 70,000 is closer. I've got somebody that has 2 million off. So they're pretty damn close already. Well, Andy and I are pretty close together, so unless it's like 68 or 72 million, it might be Ian. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, so Andy was the closest. It was 202. Ooh. $202 million worldwide Booyah. on a $13.5 million budget. Booyah. Basically, by the way, in today's money, that doubles both. That would be like a $30 million budget today making $400 million. So a catastrophic failure. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so, someone had a good investment on that. Somebody got bonuses, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, all right, so just kind of going around with everybody. Uh Mike, I'll start with you. First time viewing or rewatch of this movie? Uh, it, it's a rewatch. Okay. Ian. This is a rewatch. For Andy? the first time, I think, for this. First time rewatch? First time for this series, I think it's been a rewatch for me, I okay. feel like. All right. <laughs> uh definitely a rewatch. Josh, I know you rewatched re-watch. this before. Yeah. 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 I have I have I grew up with this movie, so this is definitely a rewatch for me as well. Um all right, so going through the the current ratings for this movie uh rotten tomatoes critic rating has it at 40 percent what audience at 81 percent uh metacritic has something you know pretty much similar uh metascore 51 user score 7.8 so all the audiences love this movie critics are not the greatest with it so Again, just sort of going around. Mike, I'll start with you again. Uh, agree, disagree with these scores. Agree with the audience. Okay. Uh, Ian, any thoughts oh. one way or the other? So I 100% agree with the critics here. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> Andy? Uh, man. Um, I'm like right in between, I think. So you give it like the 60-ish range, 67? Yeah, like, I enjoy the movie, but now that I'm older, I'm like, ooh, there's some stuff in here. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Cringeworthy. <laughs> Josh, where do you fall? Uh, firmly with the fans. This is one time <laughs> that I will take that, like, this is a hill I will die on and say, <laughs> and any critic not going higher than 40% should not be in that job professionally anymore ever <laughs> that is <It's> absurd just... <laughs> this is like coming Neon from the man this episode that gave bloodshot the same score as spawn so i will i will give you an advance warning ian the typical exuberance and uh, uh we flipped jobs on this movie i know pretty much <laughs> like that the, the the enthusiasm and, and just the, the outright energy that you have for everything so far, that's that's <laughs> that's gonna be me, but like for real and not ironically. Uh yeah, I think I'm there. I it's weird. I think for, for me watching it again, <laughs> like I sort of like Andy, like I remember loving this movie as a kid. Watching it again, it's like it's definitely there's certain bits of it that are very sort of cringeworthy for me. But at the same time, I feel like I'd, I'm going to end up rating it higher just for nostalgia purposes. Like just this movie being that big of a part of my childhood that I can't, I can't really dig into it and be like, this is crap. I don't know. That's uh, so I'm I'm leaning more towards user and audience scores. Yeah, for me. 
since uh so we'll just well, i guess quick, start going since, since you yeah you use that phrase twice already like cringeworthy is before we get into the like the whys on that is it do you think how is that coming off like cultural things that we now look at differently or just like oh this doesn't really hold up in certain ways I think yeah i think it's more that for me i think it's more just the the stuff that's dated okay okay stuff that stuff that may, may, for whatever reason might have worked back then or worked when i was younger but watching it now it's just like nope that didn't hit me in the same way it did before what i could think of like one very specific joke <laughs> that does not work didn't work then should not be uttered now <laughs> fair enough care to do you want to elaborate or just, or just so, go ahead. Yeah, so they're when they're in the sewers with Casey, and he doesn't want to be down there, and one of the turtles says, what are you, claustrophobic? And Casey says, you want to punch in the face? I've never even looked at another man. <laughs> so one, it's a gay joke. Two, he apparently misheard claustrophobic as homophobic, but then took homophobic to mean that he was gay, instead of that he doesn't like gays. So the joke already doesn't work on the one level. And then two, you're doing a joke like uh, making fun of someone's uh, sexual outlook. It's 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 at best cringeworthy now. And it just it should be maybe cut. Like this is the kind of thing they put warnings on now for Disney Plus stuff. <laughs> I mean, but so do, do, do you remember the joke do doesn't you, work do you, at the core level? Do you want me to defend <laughs> that to now dude. or when it gets to be my turn? Because I wrote that down. You can defend it now because literally the joke doesn't make sense. But Casey's just supposed to be so, a good natured idiot and that plays. Right. So that 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 is why I think the joke lands and the fact that he is the one that is made to look like the fool is also why it is not necessarily a homophobic joke because the person who potentially has that mindset is the one who is shown to like be the ignoramus. He doesn't know what these words mean. He mixes them up. So if you have that outlook, potentially there's a correlation between your general intellectual ignorance and that kind of outlook. See, I would agree with you if all of these other jokes didn't also suck <laughs> and seem like they weren't written by like an actual writer. <laughs> all right, it seems like we're going to hit a couple of uh, bumps along the way. So, Brian, where are we starting? Well, yeah, I was going to start us with what we like, but I feel like we're already going down the dislike path. So maybe we'll start bad and come back around to the okay. good stuff. So, uh... I, it, like Ian or Josh, do you guys want to? Well, Ian's starting starting already going that path. I'll let you go with it. Ian, stuff you didn't like or didn't sit well with you on this movie. Okay, so the very beginning when they're talking about the silent crime wave, they mention like the fact that people haven't seen these people. There's no witnesses, and then they clearly show us someone witnessing the crime and seeing who did it. So that was kind of an issue I had because I'm like, she fucking saw it. The fact that, like, the one pickpocket passes off five times. That's <laughs> absurd. That's fucking absurd. That doesn't need to... Like, just get to the fucking movie. <laughs> um, so very early on, when April is leaving the television station, and she gets scared of a rat. She lives in New York fucking city. She can't still be scared of rats. She would not be able to live in that city anymore, being that terrified of rats. So That's then, a setup and payoffs, just so that when she finds Splinter later, you get the same payoff. I would be more scared of the turtle people than the fucking <laughs> giant rat if I lived in New York City, because giant rats are a thing. <laughs> Second, so 
She then participates in her own crime wave when she is attacked by those muggers and is saved by Raphael. I think that's which one it was. I ugh. Yes, she, of course it was. She then steals evidence. In front of the cops, she just steals evidence. Says nothing to no one. At no point does she ever use that side as like an investigation tool into like the turtles or the Foot Clan. She just straight up steals a knife that is evidence at an active crime scene she was a participant in. I I honestly never thought of it that way, but you make a valid point there. <laughs> and then and then when the turtle, this is still on the side. Raphael <laughs> is pissed. He lost that side. He is very upset about it. He mentions it several times. It's like punching walls and shit. And then Splinter, after just explaining how they have to be like secretive and they can't let people like know who they are, he's like, oh, who gives a shit you lost it? No big <laughs> deal. What the, what the fuck was the whole thing about being I secretive feel, and no one finding out? I feel like Splinter's telling him that so that he doesn't try to go and retrieve it and get caught. Because it's already gone, there's nothing that can be done about it. If he makes a big deal out of it, Raph's just going to go out there and try and get it back, because it's what he would do. So, so then he then follows it up by just letting him go to the movies. I mean, he does actually go to the that. movie. Like, that's sort of but how... But that's, that's literally what happens, like, right after he's like, I'm going to the movies, and I'm like, what the fuck? It's also bring up that apparently, if you wear a hat, no one knows you're a turtle. <laughs> Again, like New what? York City. Yeah, it's New York. I, I... But but the rats are terrifying. But men wearing hats that look just like turtles. Eh. Can we also can we also interject? He came out of critters and criticized it. And I wasn't. I need. I needed an awesome attack. So excited he broke. Skype. I needed attack. Once again, I feel like these <laughs> hacks didn't realize what movie they were writing. Two turtles can't wear hats. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> I'm not and sure then if that's we a get universal it's rule, an actual but, note. Okay. It's, it's an on here. Note. Turtles can't wear hats. <laughs> Next, then Casey shows up and he fights in a pun based style where all of his attacks have to be jokes about the thing he's holding. So we get like ten hockey jokes that were just tiresome. And then that leads into like the finale when we then get a golf joke, which was just like, Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Just like fucking do your job. No, how the also, job, like, holding his way. tongue what, right what, now. What was Casey Jones' actual job in this? Like, was he just a? I, I he's a street rat. rat. He he mentions that he was actually, but his job professional or rat. for a year, and then and then hurts his knee. Yeah, less than a year, not even a year. Oh right, right, right. But that's I mean, so he's homeless now. I wrote that down too. Are, are we going to like, break? Like, into this, I don't the, know. The I like it, I don't think Casey it gets Jones addressed. Like as to what he's doing now. I, I used to be a professional. <laughs> well, you look homeless. You run around and... the streets at night and hang out with turtles and sewers. You're I, a crazy person. That's true. I, I did write down Casey is homeless, I guess. Um, but definitely mentally ill, right? Like we're gonna we're agreeing on that. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's April thinks she can fix them. That's not really in the negative column for me. This, it's just more this is yeah, this are is we in thing. agreement that that's what happens in this? <laughs> Well, like I said, uh, don't forget, like, he is definitely kind of rapey. Yeah. See, again, on the, I don't get that. You don't get that when he, like, throws April down into the chair forcefully to massage her? What scene? Uh, that is rapey as hell. Oh, for some reason, I thought you were still talking about the attacks the kids in the woods scene. I'm like, how are you connecting those two? 
<laughs> so anyways, I'm rewinding a bit because I see a skip this one because it's followed up by a, a, like a half good thing. But they get that pizza and they didn't even tip. Well, the guy was late. And they shorted him three bucks on that, but then yeah. they also didn't tip. That's two. Let, can, you can't not, you're not tip and short him. You pick one. Can, can we That's be, coming out of his pocket. Can we be amazed, though, that these mutated animal beings somehow have either found or earned or have mastered the abstract concept of currency and commerce? No. They're also teenagers. <laughs> they're not introduced to this shit yet. They're just, yeah, I mean, they're learning. Yeah, that the was world. like their weekly allowance. He only had yet. 10 bucks to spare. Then order a cheaper pizza or go pick it up yourself because you can wear a hat and no one gives a fuck. <laughs> so next, the April's interviewing the chief at some point and she's been told like five times just like, um, uh, you know, that fuck from Venom to like cool your jets, bro. So this is this is actually just now the Venom story. <laughs> and then I'm wondering, why is the chief giving this lady interviews if he knows this is what's going to happen? And then he calls her in to, like, yell at her. I'm like, this is not how any of this works. Why is this happening? Okay, this was a great joke I think we all like. She gets, um like, a phone call or something. Oh, those guys, like, break in or they're following her, the Foot Clan. And she's like, am I behind on my Sony payments? <laughs> guys, get that? <laughs> her Sony payments? Anyone get that joke? No? It's Moving timely. on. 1990s. Boom. Yeah, I was five did, at that time. I don't know what Sony used to do. Did Sony have a credit system? Did Sony get into banking in the nineties? Nope. <laughs> I wrote that. So down. did you guys get? Did you guys get this joke? He sniffed. It's only Knife Street. I need to ask about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I I wrote this. I I knew before I turned the movie on that I was going to write this note down. I still don't understand that joke. They're walking through the sewer, and they're like, well, we're trying to find April's place. Like, are we close, I think she asked. And he's like, 11th and Bleecker? Nope, this is only 9th Street. Get it? I, does anybody get that? Like, what does that <laughs> yeah, so, What does it mean? Here, Josh, here's my next note. Are these even jokes? <laughs> are they? I don't fucking know, and neither does these hack writers. Goodbye, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike just gave up. No, I so, didn't give anything up. <laughs> I'm here. You're fine. You're not. You're not there. You disappeared. I'm aware. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, so next, I guess. Uh, who, who cares where this takes place? I guess. But so they're in April's apartment, and she's all hot and bothered. And one of the turtles is like, "Were you drinking coffee?" So does caffeine give off like a scent? Like, what's is this caffeine sweat? I I didn't understand why that was a joke. Is that a joke, Josh? When did when does that happen? It, it, after, I don't know. After they're her, in her apartment. No, after her after her boss shows up, in like early in the morning, and probably, and they go through their whole thing. Yeah. And they leave. The turtles pop back out of their hiding spots and startle her, and so it like makes her jumpy. So uh, Michael Andrews says, "Time to switch to decaf." I think he was just making a point that, oh, you must be high strung or the shit out of you. Yeah. High, like jittery because I just like made you jump and su surprised you. That was all. Okay, that's one joke that is kind of a joke. <laughs> Can I ask you this? Did you ever enjoy this? <laughs> I, mean, I think I did, but it's been so long. Maybe I never did. 
Let's see. I forget what this is about, but I put Hog Grapes of Wrath. Is there a Grapes of Wrath like yeah, picture he, he or Yeah, he mentions how the house yeah. that they go to looks like it's from the Grapes of Wrath. Yep. Uh, was that a good joke? I mean, I'd never watched the Grapes of Wrath, honestly. No, that didn't kick? Okay. Uh, this was hilarious when Casey calls her Broadzilla because he respects women. <laughs> See, okay. I told you, he's oh, a baby. Wait, wait, the movie's straight. Go ahead. Wait, that that particular scene, I, I, I will jump in to try to defend again because in that moment, it's also not like April takes any of his shit. She kicks it right back to him and doesn't like allow herself so, if if that particular so she yeah, then but attacks the a moment, mentally challenged a homeless man let's him go <laughs> so she attacks a mentally challenged homeless man and we're supposed to be okay with that <laughs> oh you you weren't okay wait a minute that's no. <laughs> <laughs> the question josh so it's it's bad that he made the comment to her and it's bad when she defends herself against him because of his condition but he's not yes. off the hook for his for what he said because of his condition she should have explained to him why it was wrong and not attacked him. <laughs> I think you're giving the 1990s too much credit. And Can finally, my last note, and also the last negative note, but it's the last thing that happened. Casey murdered a man, and no one cared. I read that down. Straight up murders a man, and no one says a fucking word about it. And I don't even think the cops Wasn't looked it into multiple? it. No, I'm talking about when literally Shredder falls into the back of no, a garbage truck like, and he crushes him. But doesn't he literally kill somebody right before that? Probably. I mean, he <laughs> smacked the dude in the head with a golf club. He probably killed him. But this that, is a murder. I mean. This is a murder that I know for sure was a, this happened. This <laughs> I mean, man is dead. Oops. He did it accidentally. This is not he the Animaniacs. Oops. This is a this I is mean, a world of consequences where you get fired for asking the tough questions, and you should go to jail for murder. So can I, so can I talk about the golf club scene for a second? Because I, I I do have an issue with that. How it's not a boring sport. I agree. <laughs> no, no, not that actually. I I don't have really an opinion on golf as a sport, but it's it's more so that he he hits this guy in the face with a driver, right? And he brings back a clean driver to kiss it without a bunch of teeth and blood all over it. Well, they, they See, I thought your that guy's face be... would just be a mangled mess. But he switched, and then he switches it out for a two iron. That makes no fucking sense. Well, like, why wouldn't you know, he use he... another driver? Close. There's con more I don't drivers know. in there. Why did he grab a two iron? I I that, don't have an answer for that. That I that that's I the hill that you're going to die on with choice. these writers. <laughs> I'm just saying that that was a poor choice. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like someone should have caught that when they were. He was in five wood dailies. range. He was not at two iron range, you know. And for some people, five wood and two iron are fairly close ranges, but you got to make the green. And I I feel like he made a poor choice. He's a better caddy. And I, I'll finish it up by saying. I'm behind on my Sony payments. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a bit for you from now on, isn't it? Teespring.com forward slash Leroy Exports so I can get ahead on my Sony payments. <laughs> Every episode is going to produce like one. You got you got to like harness it like what's well, a custom run. We're only going to make 50 am I behind on my Sony payment shirts. He's going to make a shirt that says, I'm behind on my Sony payments. Yes. <laughs> Got to go for the exclusivity of the apparel. Like a clip art of just a TV or something on the, on the front of the shirt, and then the back of it will say that. 
No, on the back it'll say critters. <laughs> <laughs> well, who wants to follow up Ian's <laughs> stuff he didn't like? Okay, Josh, <laughs> you got it. All right. So remember, I, these are supposed to be negative. Remember, this is this is I negatives. I know. So I I have a few, perhaps. Um, they're more like perhaps critical things rather than like pure negatives, perhaps. Um, I well, I was I took the most amount of notes for probably like any episode we've done ever. Uh, but definitely any of the rewinds so far on this one. Um, I would say that I think while the uh, expressionism in the costumes they make for Secret of the Ooze are improved, I like the general look of these turtle costumes better and overall this movie better. Um, particularly like in, in Secret of the Ooze, their, their mouths are able to be a bit more exacting I think in how they're forming words. Um, but I still think like the Jim Henson shop did a really good job in making something that looked, that looked good. The problem with these turtle outfits is there are very clear points in fight scenes where they cannot move quickly. It is so yes. slowed down and exaggerated. You're like, holy fuck, this is taking forever. This is as bad <laughs> as some of the, like that bloodshot in the tunnel where he was fighting a dude for what felt like two hours. <laughs> Like they were to be so honest, though, fucking slow. In the 1990s, I'm surprised they can move at all in those things. So the freedom of movement that they get already is top notch, I think, for me. For what they could do back pretty, then, pretty, yeah, pretty impressive for the time. But uh, considering those probably can, are not light you costumes, see, you can't. You oh, they're not. You can the see people how in those costumes are. lost 70 pounds during filming. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I I do not doubt it. Uh, that was That's actually turtle fact one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was actually my next point, Ian, was about the like fight choreography. I said, uh, definitely left something to be desired. Um, in particular, there's a couple shots when Raphael is getting attacked on the rooftop before he gets thrown into April's apartment. If you, and you don't even have to really look clearly, you just have to know the moment you're looking for. There's a few spots where he's simply like moving around near some of the foot soldiers. He doesn't even make a move toward them. Like, here's a punch. There's a kick. He just like oh, I'm moving this way, you're behind me, and the next thing you know, like, that guy has fallen down in a corner unconscious. <laughs> so there's a couple moments like that. Uh, a couple. Um, I would say why, in once the once April's apartment gets set, to, gets set on fire during that fight, and Casey Jones is like, oh, hold them off, you guys get out. How in the hell do, like, those remaining 25 people just not bum rush one guy with a goalie stick and maul him to death like that just doesn't it, now seeing it again does no, not work see for that me. that that's movie logic for ages it's the same reason you'd see sure. bruce lee take on 12 guys and beat them all because they fought them one by one right it's and, not and you look at that scene and like they're all just like kind of like standing this, around tentatively and like, yeah just, this, no, just, you all go for him you'll kill him in like four seconds the same thing happens well, remember they recognize uh, at the the very end Andy. with the turtles are fighting shredder so oh yeah well, at least Shredder acknowledges that. Like he says, if you would have all taken me on at once, you could have beat me, but you decided to go one-on-one. So, but their whole thing yeah. is fighting with so honor, why did, which is why they went yeah. one-on-one. Why did Shredder like, let them like huddle up and try to decide on like a strategy and stuff like that? Because he's a badass. He doesn't, he doesn't give a yeah, shit. It's just like, that's, <laughs> yeah. he, know, he knows his, his defense is enough nearly to defeat them. That's that's akin to like Doctor Evil letting like Austin Powers and then like putting him over the shark tank or whatever and then just like oh I'm just gonna let him go I know <laughs> it's gonna work. 
Exactly. And, and then so that shows that that yeah. is to his folly, because had he maybe done something like that, he would have defeated them and done the off with them before Splinter showed up and outwitted him and well, handed him his yeah. ass. I mean, in that specific scenario, if he goes in to attack them all, I feel like they do gang up on him and beat him. If he lets them come to him one by one, because that's what they did, he wins. Uh, yeah, agreed. Um, so my, I'm going to take my next point to a dark place for like two seconds, but I'm going to come right out of it with something funny. Um, the all fathers care for their sons line that Splinter gives to Danny worked way better when I was eight years old as opposed to things that happened later in my life. <laughs> uh, other things that may not have landed or aged well at this point. Um, the moonlighting joke. Probably <laughs> nobody younger than 35, 40 is going to get that if they understood it at the time. 1990s oh, pop culture references. Yeah, uh, yeah which, at the time also I did not understand not that. Not too long after that is the it's a Kodak moment. Yeah. Which is it not? It, to be fair, is not necessarily like a sign of like, oh, they, you know, that that was a, a, a silly reference to try to make. I mean, nobody could have predicted, you know, fifteen twenty years later that Kodak would nearly cease to exist and, and things would right. change. But that's just one that obviously for the times, if if you showed this to even a twenty year old now for the first time, they probably wouldn't know what that means. But at least that's a joke. Yeah, the other ones to you don't qualify as jokes. <laughs> Honestly, no. Um, okay, so I do have a negative related to Casey that I did write down that you talked about before. I said, hmm, yes, apparently women love to be forced into chairs to get shoulder rubs they didn't know they wanted after shirking off the unsolicited contact the first time. Rapey. I will give you that. In that moment, I think I think there's also a big difference between the other moments of Casey that they portrayed and a a specific instance labeling somebody overall in general as like the thing he may have done using you know modern vernacular was rapey would I say that Casey Jones seems like a rapey character or personality no I would not I think it's just the whole idea of him being kind of a dick and forcing himself into the situation that April eventually giving into that. That's a problem. Potentially, sure. That that uh, um, I wouldn't argue against. Um, I don't know if this is a negative per se, but I did write down the uh, other issues with Casey, perhaps. Um, so he's obviously a former pro athlete, and maybe this explains at least some of his other eccentric behaviors. So he says he was injured. He played less than a year. So his dreams are crushed. His, you know, you don't make it to be a pro athlete just like, oh, I picked up a hockey stick in college. Like he's probably working at that since he was six years old. He makes it to the big leagues, gets injured, and he's put out in less than a season. He's perhaps probably put on painkillers. He becomes depressed. He spirals out of control. His life has fallen apart. The mental health issues develop over those years. And so he ends up being a guy that runs through Central Park at 11 o'clock at night, hanging out in trees with cricket bats and stuff. It tracks. To beat up children. <laughs> Remember, he's going there to beat up children. Criminals, first of he's... all. But the other <laughs> children! Point, but the other point that I don't... Batman I have, doesn't go around beating up children. I, have, I, have <laughs> I was going to say, about... he's, he's Batman without, it... the, uh, without the funding or the morals. 
I have something about it written down, but it's not really in the negative column. It's in like the neutral. I just observed this column. So we'll get to that later. Um... Okay, that's it. That's all I got for negatives. <laughs> Again, since Josh just brought it up, Raphael prevents Casey from murdering children in Central Park. But that's also because the he was going know, to the murder are the heroes. <laughs> he, he definitely was about to. I agree. He had that stick raised to execution heights. <laughs> uh, all right. So, any volunteers for other negatives, Andy? Uh, I, su- I'll run through I suppose I will. Um, I did not keep any notes, so I'm just sort of riffing off uh, what I saw. Um, <laughs> How in the hell does Splinter let Raphael go to the movies with a trench coat and a hat? And then all the while calling them ninjas. Um, I'm not sure how that works. Only a ninja could pull that off. Hell, I mean, good I Lord. mean, it totally tracks. Like, he goes like that and no one calls him on it. So obviously, fucking ninja. <laughs> okay. I get, now that, now that Doesn't the up. thing do the same thing in the Fantastic Four movie? Yeah. See, it works. It works. Were they not allowed to say ninjutsu? They did. Like they kept saying like ninja. I feel like and never ninjutsu. Even when it <laughs> would have made they, more sense to say ninjutsu. No, they they did ninjutsu when they did the tequila song. Dun, 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 and then they did ninjutsu. They yes. said it. They said the word. So not, not when they were like talking about being using the art of ninjutsu <laughs> during a no. ha funny moment thing. Yes. <laughs> um, I thought. I'm just that everything plot wise was wholly rushed. <laughs> it moves. It's yeah, an hour and it, a half, so it goes like, quick. You don't even like have time to like recognize like the relationships that are forming in front of you while it's going. You know, I, I don't know. It was like I was like, I feel like this is missing meat to it that I used to think it had. I, I feel like. Isn't that kind of like a, a sign of the times, though? Because wasn't well, wasn't the ninety minute movie kind of a thing during that time frame? I think, I yeah, I think you know today's time. standards, two hours is is the bar. Hour and a half was probably the bar back then, especially for a kids movie. You make a kids movie two hours long. I don't think people were going for that back then. Um, uh, the fire at April's house apparently wasn't that bad because they go back to her house. And it's still there. <laughs> I did not notice that. What, when? I thought they were at the antique shop with the with the fire. Though. Yeah, is that her house lived? is above her, the antique her, shop. Yeah, her apartment's yeah. right above that. So the whole thing catches on fire. Then when did back they go there. back? You're right. Didn't they go back? They he's like, oh, this isn't so bad, and then they go into the sewer. Oh, when they come back into the city. Yeah. Oh, I guess you could take it yeah. that way. I never took it that way, but I, I maybe you could. But it, I, I, like Casey thinks he's at a particular place, and then they're like, oh, "We're going down in the sewer." Yeah. Oh, I okay. Thought I, that was the antique shop, and it looked like it did in the other scene. So, huh? All right. <laughs> oh, then I totally missed that too. Then I, unless I missed where it, they I mean, went. Uh, maybe it was too fast, but. Um... But not too furious. I'm 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 curious <laughs> why Casey Jones has to put on a foot soldier costume because I don't think anybody gives a shit who you are, where you who are. Casey is, yeah. Yeah, he could have just walked <laughs> around and been like, "Oh yeah, hey, what's up, kids?" And they'd have been all right with it, you know. Like, 
That was more Lord of the Flies than the Astro Boy Lord of the Flies thing. Casey's too old. He had to put the disguise on so he made yeah. him look younger. And... But if he just walked around with like two cartons of cigarettes, I'm like, oh, it's a cigarette guy. And, and <laughs> the last standout negative, and it's bothered me ever since the movie came out, even when I was younger, is the final song, T-U-R-T-L-E, Power, is a great song. But they mentioned Raphael as the leader, and that's bullshit. He is not. <laughs> I have to re-listen to the lyrics yeah, then. I think Raphael yeah, I never noticed the leader that. of the group. Yeah. For thirty years, I have it's just like, listened in ignorant bliss and enjoyed yeah. the general. Now, sound. Raphael takes Same. like the he's like the main turtle in this movie. And I think that's someone that like watched the movie and was like, "Well, make a song about it." So that's what they yeah, did. But not knowing yeah. the, anybody the that lore. knows anything about the Teenage Mutant Ninja we, Turtles, whether cartoon or comic book, leading up to this, knew that Leonardo was definitely the leader. In fact, Raphael calls him the leader. Calls him out on yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, but wasn't wasn't this in relation to the cartoon kind of prior? to a lot of it didn't like this kick off the cartoon success i thought the cartoon kicked off the cartoons movie. started in 87 yeah okay yeah i think the, the movie came yeah. from the cartoon yeah which i mean coming off of the cartoon and you watch the movie the tones are vastly different they, they stuck more to the comic book with the tone in this than yeah. the cartoon and it, much darker. So you can you can definitely see it course correct by the time two comes around. They're like, you know what? We got to make it more like the cartoon. And it's not a negative, but something that I noticed from one of the very first scenes that I always in my mind was was different was Raphael's sigh takes out the light with the butt of the sigh. I always assumed it was the bladed part that took out the light. It also kind of just completely biffs the shot and misses. Yeah, when you see it in HD, it just—it's not like it's not yeah. close. It's also kind of like a delay. The light bulb, and he's like, "Well, that's good enough. We'll just use that one." <laughs> Fix yeah, it in I mean, post. <laughs> these are kids watching this. They're never going to see this. <laughs> yeah, this won't be out on video cassette for a year and a half, and then who can freeze frame that? They—they they won't see it. <laughs> I know it's a kids movie, but it, like it—it it, it irritates me that. Half of the turtles have pointy objects for weapons, and they can't use them right. effectively. Yeah, I got that too. Leonardo always dis gets disarmed and never uses his swords to kill anybody. Raph never uses his size to hit anybody because he's missing them for half the movie. Casey Jones uses Leo's sword more effectively than Leonardo <laughs> does when he's chopping vegetables. True. That's why I would. And we, I would love. I've to got see... that as a big part of my negatives. I will discuss. I. I, I if any of that rolls up into negatives for anybody, I would love to see a like a a more adult version of Turtles made then, like, like an R rated, yeah. If if need be, like something that like took this tone and ran with it. Yeah, the he has two like katanas. The version. I'd, I'd, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd assume he could do some Deadpool type shit. Oh, for sure. The, yeah. So the <laughs> the one thing that I don't know is uh, I've never actually read. Ninja Turtles comic books. I've never really looked into certain like aspects of some of the source material. Are the foot soldiers in the comic books people or robots? Does anyone know? People. They're, they're robots in the arcade game. And they're robots on the TV the cartoon, show. They were robots on the cartoon, too. Right. Which I'm assuming that's how you get 
through the easy morality clause of we're not they, really killing people and we can show fights yeah, and destruction and the, the, the comic book was not made for for children it was a very it has a it's a very dark story it's a very dark tone it is and you can kind of see when the shift comes when the cartoons started to get more popular and they start to introduce more things along the lines of like the mousers and baxter stockman and stuff like that it starts to come around like that time where they start to take that shift and make things a little bit of a lighter tone and yeah. that's where like the... krang starts yeah it, who who was it? Eastman and Lard were the the mm-hmm. two that created the comic yeah. book and and the and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I remember having like the first one, and it's it's dark, and that's even before they colorized their. I don't know what do you call them. Masks. They were all red. I they mean, well, it was a black red. and white comic at first, and then eventually yeah. they were colored in they were all, years later. Yeah, but the covers had them as all red. All red. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I think. You know, to sort of Mike's point, I think I think the comic issue it was definitely more like noir in tone, mm-hmm. like the black and white artistry, and I think they were just straight up killing people yes. in the comic. Yeah, I do believe there was a good amount. You can of blood. see dismemberment. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> like feel it's... I feel like and maybe it's just the way I'm remembering it. I don't know if it's right or not, but like it's black and white until they kill someone, and then there's red, almost yep. like a Sin City type of thing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's rather it's violent a... in the in the first. F- few years of the comic so i think like so it's one thing i always wondered like you know you take that source material and then you get the 80s cartoon out of this so are the creators of teenage mutant turtles that wrote the comic book like really pissed off that suddenly their dark and gritty creation has now been created into this kids friendly cartoon as far as i understood that actually um kevin eastman was not upset with it and was okay with that change and peter laird hated it well, right, but, but but Peter Laird hated what they did with it. So it was like kind of a divide amongst them and kind of caused them to have a rift personally in their friendship for a while. So, so that's the stick by our creative uh, vision or take the cash out. Right. Those are your two, Which, two I mean, opposing were, views. I, I'm, I'm to sure be fair, the other they guy were kind of raking it in on... Million mark in his bank account, <laughs> he, he started to lighten a little bit. No, evidently they're still fairly cold. I mean, maybe towards each other, but his yeah. view about what's been done to his material uh, probably softens the blow a little bit. I feel like it may be well, this, this is starting to jog a memory somewhere. Together. It's something I watched recently, maybe within the last year. It might have been like The Toys That Made Us, I think, on Netflix. I think they did something on Ninja Turtles. And by the end of the episode, they brought the two creators back together. Like they reunited mm-hmm. them for the show. Oh, this is a couple years ago. How did that ago. go? Uh, surprise! Well, I won't spoil it for the show. For if you want to watch it, but I think it. I think Mike, did you watch it? Is that what I'm talking yeah. about? Is that the right show? I believe you have the right show. Okay, I think that's the one. At least a, if you if you want to check it out, I want to make sure I'm pointing people in the right direction. Um, yeah, but I think it's on Netflix. The toys that made us. Uh, I think they have a turtles episode, so check that out. I think I think they they talk about a little bit what Mike was talking about how the. The creators had a falling out. They haven't talked for years, and I think they finally come around and try to get them back together for the, for part of the episode. So that was interesting to watch. Don't quote me on this, but if I remember things correctly, one of like the breaking points with like the the cartoon and all the stuff they were doing was Leatherhead, and like Peter Laird just could not stand the idea of Leatherhead and like how dumb the idea was, and then it just. 
kind of spitballed from there or snowballed from there. It's like out of everything else that the turtles have done, that's where you draw the line is that character. <laughs> no, I mean that was one of actually jumped. like the earlier characters that they created for just the cartoon. Right. And But I mean like the franchise as it, as itself just had weird fucking shit with it the whole time. It, right, but it, it was it was I think it was like cuz it was weird but dark still like Baxter Stockman's story and Krang originally like that whole thing and Shredder's story and a lot of what they had done with the comics with these crazy characters still kept that tone that was in line with what they were doing. And then Leatherhead comes along and they're just like, we want a Western alligator who throws knives at people. <laughs> and they didn't have like this backstory. They didn't have an explanation. They didn't have, it was just, it's a colorful character kids will like, so we're going to make it and you're going to deal with it. And that's kind of where, like, the breaking point was. It's merchandising right there. Make a, make an action figure. Right. Make something they could sell and not worry about the narrative behind it. And that's kind of where Peter Laird just broke on it. Like, no, that, that that's a dumb thing. You don't yeah. have a, like, it doesn't have a story. It doesn't have anything real. And he couldn't allow it to go forward. Like, well, he allowed it to go forward, obviously, but he didn't like it in... It kind of broke their friendship as a starting point, I guess. Right. Well, I mean, to, like, um, based, real quick, like based on what they did create, I think my desire to see something more, uh, more, more mature is not necessarily coming out of a like, yay, bloodlust is cool, right? Position. But if they are going to create characters, as you pointed out, like started this comment with, you know, one of them is wielding double swords. One of them has size. What are those things really going to do if you put them up against a human enemy? Well, like if you're if it, you if you want them to have them, then at this point in my life, I want to see the natural extension and believability of what that would be. If that makes sense, well, like if you, if that's right, not what these characters had, I wouldn't care. But you're right; like it, it stands out like a sore thumb if you have a character wielding two katanas that doesn't really affect or get used against anything well and you see leo swing them in the one fight scene he does like the little silly like he swings both of them the guy ducks he swings him he ducks he swims and he ducks then he stops and instead of actually just chopping the fucker's head off <laughs> he just like shoves him and kicks the guy behind him and it's like well that's a missed opportunity for some good action like Carnage. I feel like if you if you watch the fight scenes, there's once or twice that I noticed where he does make contact with someone with the swords. They just do nothing. Does the not guy like, just falls yeah. over? It's more like I he mean, hits them with his wrist and the sword at the same time. Like he just backs his hand into them. I think yeah. the only reaction you ever see from the swords is Shredder mm -hmm. going, "Oh, got got his arm the one time." Yeah, yeah. Like they don't even look like real weapons outside of the scene where they're cutting like vegetables. <laughs> like the side looks like a toy like it looks like one of the toys they sold what's on brand then that's what they wanted sell all that merchandise yeah um andy do you have anything else uh dislike type uh, thing you want to touch on yeah at one point this is the last one uh at one point splinter mentions to danny or the rest of the foot kids um, that Shredder's <laughs> using them for his own personal gain or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
we never find that out. We never find out what Shredder's actually up to, what he wants to do, why they're stealing all this stuff, nothing like that. To fund his crime empire. It's, you know. Yeah. yeah we don't know what like, crime is other than stealing. Yeah, they're stealing just, to fund stealing. stealing. A bunch yeah. of shit for why. They're recruited to the Foot Clan, then the kids get power, you know, strong. That's why they go and fight each other until then they, for whatever reason, they then fight some like forty-year-old ninja dude, and that's <laughs> your soon. final test. Well, and... Splinter alludes to like some sort of ulterior motive that he's that Treader's making all these Foot Kids like bend to his will for, and we never actually find out what that is. Yeah, I guess I always thought the end game was just like recruiting for the army, like the Foot Clan army, to build numbers. But from there, I don't know what the end game is for Shredder. They would just start doing it like Yakuza stuff, like just taking yeah. over the city, gangwise yeah. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. start doing start slightly racist. But like some of the kids would start doing accents, and it'd get real weird. <laughs> There's a lot of hype going into this movie. Numerous people. I think that's my last like critique. Okay. Uh, Josh and Ian went. Mike, you got anything? Um, a couple interesting things to me to talk about a negative light. Uh, one, I feel like the final battle with Shredder plays over better for me if they have some previous encounter with him. This is the first time any of these turtles are meeting Shredder. They could have, like, set this up where when Splinter gets captured, they get defeated and thus Splinter gets captured as opposed to finding Splinter missing when they come back. Have Shredder defeat them, capture Splinter, take him back, then they're, you know, I mean, they're, they know what they're up against and they're, they realize they're outmatched or something. And it, it to me, would have made for a better narrative if it went also, that way. With, am I misremembering this? I feel like at some point, like, when Splinter gets captured, they knew who Shredder was, but then when they see him, they no longer seem to know who Shredder was. Like, I could have sworn well, his name was brought up previously, either by April or someone else, and then by the final confrontation, they had forgotten his name. I feel, no, what, what happens, I think what you're remembering is, like, Splinter tells the story about, like, how the turtles were made, and about yeah, his master former Yoshi, master, yeah. right, and all that, but they don't know that that dude is Shredder. Yeah, you know I mean, like yeah. they don't know that that guy's yeah, still no. around. They don't realize he's there and part of this conflict. Until... No, I get, no, yeah, I just where his name comes up, where they hear it and then they forget they heard it. No, they are teenagers. <laughs> I'd have to watch. Uh, again. Yeah, I'm trying to think if like April mentioned Shredder in like any of her news reports or something like that, or is they she might have even like just book... been shredding some rails. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but they're a bunch of Cali bros. Yeah, in New York. Um, I, 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 a minor but also major gripe I have: these guys are obsessed with pizza, right? So they get their pizza delivery. The guy puts the pizza vertical to go through the slot <laughs> to get into the sewer. That pizza is fucking ruined at that point. There is not a normal slice of pizza left in there. Then that's we, that's advertising for Domino's. Look, you can put it sideways through a sewer and it comes out <laughs> fine. Well, and it comes out fine, but also it's it's negative advertising for Domino's because Leonardo still has to cut his own fucking pizza. What Domino's pizza arrives uncut? He cuts the pizza himself. 
if they had made the pizza themselves, that scene works better. But to me, a delivered pizza is cut every time. I, I I'm not gonna. I'm just, it's it's a minor thing, I, but it's just I like, the, it's I like just the something the I notice. Slice well, they had it vertical. The cheese melted back together. <laughs> maybe, maybe you, there's there's some flaws in the pizza handling. They're rebonded. Yeah, um, you know, like the the product placement. I was not, you know, like the Domino's product placement thing. Um, we I know we mentioned the Noid. Did you catch it? I avoided, yeah, avoided the Noid. That was one of my s- positives. Oh, okay, I'll <laughs> let you get was to it this. at that time then. But also um, the the great Burger King advertisement in the beginning. No, I oh, saw yeah, that. the Whopper, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember when those were colors. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the product placement stuff was a little bit heavy for for a couple things, and it, you know it was heavy handed, but it was okay. It's a lot of Pepsi floating around that Foot Clan dojo. Yeah, <laughs> Narc, the arcade game. Yeah, uh, hard ass game too. Prominently very featured. Those Sony um, payments. The Sony, pay- <laughs> yeah, like it just they they did a lot of that. In there, and it it was it it was a thing, and I don't know, I don't know how I felt about. You have to wonder what the what the bidding war was between like Pizza Hut and Domino's to get one brand in the movie on top of the other. Because I'm pretty sure they switched to Pizza Hut somewhere down the line. No, the next movie, I'm pretty sure it switches. All right, that's also when they started doing the tie-in with Pizza Hut, like in the stores. And then there's also now I'm wondering why they didn't like. Get licensed like baseball bats and, and hockey sticks and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, was so, the Jose Canseco so, bat. One thing I looked up too, other than other than thinking about the Pizza Hut sponsorship, does anyone remember the the uh, Turtles concert? Oh, yeah, in the 90s? yeah. Oh hell yeah! The, the coming out shells. of shells tour. Yes. Yeah, that was paid for and sponsored by Pizza Hut. Yeah. Which I didn't know until I happened to try to look up like Wikipedia like when it was and that was like the first line is Pizza Hut paid for that concert to happen. They were the driving force behind that thing. That makes complete sense to me. Yeah. It was probably a good I payoff mean, for them too. That's <laughs> where I played the TMNT arcade game. I played that oh, yeah. game everywhere I could. The uh, the the t- Tilt Arcade at the mall, Mineralville Mall. Yep. Yeah. Kennywood, I still, I haven't been to Kennywood that much since I've been like 20, but if the couple times I've gone, I will still go to that arcade that is near the entrance of the park and see if they have that turtle's cabinet. Yeah. I mean, it. at that time, it really, I mean, the turtles were flourishing everywhere. And you had these video games. Let's not talk about the shitty NES game. But what? you had all this what, stuff what going What shitty on. NES game? I think he's talking about Battletoads. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe. 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 Thank um, God they remade that so that joke was topical again. <laughs> yes. It, it still works. Um, what was it? Zit? And what was the other one's name? Uh, probably like Throw Up. You kiss. No, no, it was They're something else like toad, toad it was like related. Pimple, wasn't it? Zit pimple and and somebody else. Wart, maybe. I don't. Would you say zit pimple and the normal one? Wart, wart. That makes sense. Maybe. That tracks. I I, don't, I didn't play the new one, but it 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 showed that they changed the tone 
in the next <laughs> movie because they use this one, they gain the popularity, and then, you know, we all know what happened after the next movie and why we didn't have another one for a long time after three. Because um, the, the samurai budget was too high in three? <laughs> yeah. It costs a lot to go back in time. I guess. Um, but I guess one of the things I would want to mention, since we're, I want to stick to negatives. Why does New York City always look wet at night in this movie? I think that's most movies. Well, it just looks wet I, in every scene. I feel like this is when they're going back to like the the comic book roots for this, where it's you know like a Daredevil, New Mutants like parody thing, and it's just it, that's New York. It's wet and dark at night, you know, and everyone like doesn't care about turtles walking around. I think that was. I think, like, structurally, that was it, but, like, they were like, we cannot get these suits wet. Guys, <laughs> we are not soaking these fucking suits. Do you know how heavy those would be if we got these wet? You know what? And maybe I feel that like that's adds what happened. To it. I feel like that adds to it, because they're so dry, and then their surroundings are so wet. Like, like it just, it makes it, that contrast really, like, messed with my brain a little bit. I'm now um, trying to wonder when they are trying to drown the one turtle. I don't think his head's wet after when it comes out of the water. Donatello, yeah, <laughs> he spits the water in somebody's face afterwards. They're and that's what that's what I remember. They like abused the like cutesy sound effects with it. Is that one got like the long whistle thing for him blowing yeah, out the water? <laughs> and then you like notice that the rest of the fight, like some of these sound effects are kind of fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at the same time, isn't that same fight that Michelangelo's beating somebody up with symbols? Like, yeah. so, I mean, it, they're not taking themselves 100% seriously, even at this point. And, but it's still wonderful at the same time, to me. So, negatives, they could have, it could have been a two-hour movie. Could have been longer. Could have been could've shorter. Could have just had more of it. <laughs> um... Yeah, I never actually looked to see if there's like deleted scenes for this movie or not. So I don't know if they exist or what they would add, but I'm kind of curious. They would add Venus. Something that always bothered me as well. Sorry. I, it just popped into my head. At the end, when Shredder gets knocked into the trash compactor, there's blood all over. It looks like there's blood all over different parts of this trash compactor. It's a, it's as a it's rusted going. red dump truck. But it looks like it's blood. It is always. I I'm always saying, right. like, the way they film they... it with everything being wet, with all this stuff going on, it looks like blood is in places it doesn't belong, and it's just like I don't know. The cinematography there just like makes it look wrong. Maybe and that's it... how they got around it. No, that's a New York it's City like... dump truck. They're just covered in blood. There's, or there's probably <laughs> like three other bodies in there already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like prior to Casey stealing it. Yeah. I mean, if okay. Picture that. It scene. also makes no sense. It's it's new. So the New York City they have pictured for us, they have created for us, has a working garbage truck just parked at the end of the street. Well, he probably fled from the fighting with his with it. I'm assuming Casey just started it up because the keys in the ignition. It didn't show him having to like struggle to hotwire the thing. So the doors are unlocked. It's accessible. The keys are there. To just for any random civilian well, to just steal a an operating garbage truck in the middle of the night. If that's the type of city that we're we're working with here, the fact that there might already be blood on it is not hard for me to believe. Well, yeah, but you also have like the fact that why the fuck would he even go for this garbage truck? 
to get those like they're guys climbing off the up ladder. this ladder at like the slowest pace ever because he has time to notice them climbing up the ladder look find the garbage truck run to the garbage truck start the garbage truck presumably learn how to put it in reverse and then fix the mirrors so they adjust so he can see where exactly where he's going to reverse it right into the ladder without actually killing any of them in the process. So now you're worried about Casey not trying to kill people? Because I thought we established he is trying to kill people. Hold on. So this is the, Mike, this is very defensible why those guys were slow. So by this point, we're on, like, the D team. <laughs> the A team got burned in a fire. The B team is lying wait, 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 on the wait, wait. streets. And the C team just got their heads kicked in with, like, golf clubs. This is now, like, the barely functional children, so, like, foot soldiers climbing this ladder. The just promoted So kids. you don't play chess, and you send out the, 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 the bishops, the rooks, and the knights first, and the pawns stay back. I mean, he sends out Tetsu on the very first fight, and that's, like, his general. Yeah, but Tetsu's a commander. Like, it's not... He, he's there he to make sure that they're not just, like... He just stands well, there. <laughs> He says, and then ninja, he do there and says ninja do this, ninja do time, so they know to hide. Yeah. <laughs> I put... Be ninja time. Like, what? Let's not say ninja time. Whatever the ninja case. Ninja time? That's, that's th the quote. Thinking about it, we come back, that's the quote. We come he back says, to that ninja scene. Ninja time. Before it's we see those time. guys. <laughs> wait, wait, Mike. Sorry, I don't want to... to... I'm questioning whether Ian rewatched this or not, or if all the notes that he wrote down were just from memory of whenever the last time was. He watched the trailer for the movie, and it was like, you know what, I'm going to be part of this. Okay, okay, hold on. There is no way Sony Payments was in the trailer. <laughs> He's got a point. Oh, I guess oh, he, he watched Honest Trailers. That was where he got it from. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but Ninja it, time. But... I like that. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds way more peppy. So I, feel like I, he, think, I feel like he's taking like of, pizza time from the video game. Yeah. You would pick up a pizza and they would go pizza time. Uh, I want to think of and he's mixing like that with like Ninja like, Vanish and now he's got Ninja time. Ninja time. Ninja time. Right? And I like it. <laughs> For a little explosive thing. I mean, he's already dubbed over, right? We just have to redub him. Every line he says can just be changed to Ninja, ninja time. time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it works for everything they do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when they get to that scene, just before they he knocks them off the ladder, we come up to this scene. We so up to this point, we had talked about how like the blades don't do anything and how they're not just outright murdering people and all that. We come to a scene of pure carnage and dead bodies everywhere. They're probably unconscious. This is PG. Uh, you know what? Though we come to a scene that just looks like, like. A, a battlefield like they're you know hurt I mean? it, and they're deciding it not looks to move like the so leftovers of antietam when, when we get up there and you know it, it, it's just accepted like the turtles did this they did this these are children like like ian said these are children these bodies everywhere so they can see that they're kids and maybe they won't punch them out so you go to the grocery store, you just start punching kids because they're wearing masks nowadays. <laughs> well, are those if I see a kids, kid in a, yeah, in a are those kids in masks trying to kill you? I've seen kids in grocery stores do some wild shit. So maybe <laughs> I, I feel also like you're excusing a couple of factors then, in this yes, scenario. You, in the Foot Clan, you how do you become the axe really. guy? Because they have an axe guy at one point that turns up with the, like an arm full of axes. He's the inventory. How do you become guy? that guy? He's the uh, one. How was your job with the like the Foot Clan? Like you get axes. 
when he says ninja time halberds they, they weren't the even axes. axes i think they were halberds they were like full full shaft halberds yeah whatever the case i'm i'm gonna say that it, that was one of the earlier followers who showed loyalty but never really was adept at much and shutter was afraid of losing him because he knew a lot of shit so he's like all right edgar you're, You're the axe, axe guy. guy. Edgar the axe man. <laughs> told told right. him it was like a very important position. He had to go on some of the missions every now and then. Even when he didn't, Edgar always showed up with like four or five axes when he knew people were leaving. And like, I'm I'm ready, boss. He's like, Edgar, who's going to guard those axes here if you go? So that's how you become the yeah, axe guy. Yeah, you just picture the guy that shows so up it, like, it, Josh, it, like it, with axes every fight. He's just <laughs> waiting to be called yes, on yeah, from the bench. In the background, he's like, when do I take the axes in? Are we ready for axes? Do yes. need the axes? Yes. Yeah. Let's... Okay, and then, as, as Ian said, like, the D team had to get called in eventually. They had that many reserves. So once they had, like, JV come in in the sewer fight, they're like, all right, Edgar, we had you in, in the back. Get your ass down in that sewer. Start handing out some axes. I well, mean, the, Nunchuck no, the, guy was on the A team, so Axe guy's got to be back there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, no, the, that, that was the A team, too. That's the same fight. Oh, that's true, no, yeah. No, Nunchuck guy was the fight at April's apartment. So oh no, the axe, guy. Guy. axe guy was April. It because transitions into because the evidently right, about right. 10 swings from an axe is enough to structure, like destroy the structural integrity of a floor so that two people jumping down onto it is enough to make it fall through. Um, I had a problem with that as well. That, that, that to me, like today I look at that and I'm like, so you think we can hit the floor a few times with an axe and then we can just jump on it and it's going to cave in. Okay. There's a lot of bodies um, in that apartment. I... That never took me out of it as a six-year-old. As a six-year-old, it didn't. As an adult, I was like, hmm. And in the shape of a turtle, let's not forget, because he only swung that axe around one turtle. It's not like they were, like, chopping the floor in all these different places. It was just Michelangelo making fun of this guy that couldn't hit him with an axe. Well, as an adult, I'm voting spot. on the side of joy and, and electing to ignore that. <laughs> all the same... I'll 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 end there on my negatives. I want to I want to hear Brian's negatives. Uh, I mean, I don't have too much left. I think after after what we've covered so far, um, I think for me, I, we touched on a little bit. I think that the tone of the movie is inconsistent for me. I think it definitely tries to go darker and gritty, like probably before it was cool, dark and gritty. Uh, but it still wants to hit that kids market. So it's just, I guess, the only word to describe it that comes to mind is silly. Like, there's just a lot of silliness there that contradicts the other dark tone that they are going for, which I get. It was made for kids. They want to get the cartoon market to come see a movie. You can't make it too bad because then you're going to scar kids for life or whatever. Um, But I, I feel like I'd rather it go one way or the other. I think I might I, – I mean, when I was younger, I think I always liked number two better, Secret of the Use, because I think maybe it was more consistent in tone and it leaned into that silliness, which I think was more – Maybe what I liked from the Turtles back then. So I'm curious if that's going to sit as well with me watching it now as an adult whenever we get there. Um, another sequence for me that I thought just looked completely terrible, and I don't remember it looking that terrible, but it really stood out for me this time, was the whole mutation montage where Splinter's giving the story about the Turtles in the sewer. It looks like figurines in front of a desktop wallpaper the way they shot it. I... Maybe that's just thirteen and a half million dollars. That's what your budget gets, but it was bad. <laughs> it was never meant to be seen in HD. Let's also Maybe. remember that. 
But not like, maybe. it doesn't they even feel, even it feels like there's like a matte painting then. behind them and the figurines are not even standing where they're supposed to be standing to look like they're on the ground. It looks like they're on the sewer walls and they're just all over the fucking place. It's weird. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a long play for a bit in the costumes, which I can give them the credit for because the costumes look bulky and, and big and probably heavy, but I get, you know, I, I want it more from the fight scenes, I think. Which I'm curious if, the, you know, it's something I'll have to watch out for when we get to the, the next two, what they did with live action in these costumes and how well, if they got better and better choreographed as they go through. But yeah, this one, this one is a little lackluster, I think, for me for that. Um, all right, so we'll spin to, to stuff we liked. Uh, we'll start back around with Ian, I guess. You kicked us off. So, stuff that you liked. Is this going to be a short I, list? I don't like your tone there, Brian. Like, I don't know what that <laughs> means. I liked early on the song they're playing in the very beginning. It's not rhyming a lot like that song that it's electric. Do 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 do. That was really fun for like ten seconds. Um, I don't even know if I know what song you're talking about. Boogie woogie woogie. The, yeah. Well, I know that song. The, like the the song in the movie. That it's just like to. for the opening title sequence. It's you know not really a song. It's just the opening okay. music playing. Um, I really enjoyed the Noid. That was fun to see him on the napkin. I really liked that. I'm happy they brought that back. Um, I really liked the Jose Canseco joke, not because it was like funny and made sense at the time, but because fuck Jose Canseco. And years <laughs> later, it would make sense. I don't like. I don't think in 1990 that joke was funny. I think it's funny now of what Jose Canseco has become. That's what so, I mean. Like now, yeah. it's much. It's better. I just want to make sure the hack writers know I'm not giving them credit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I really like the, the how the kids are doing Lord of the Fly shit in the Lord of the Flies cave. That was cool to see them like smoking and gambling and like knowing how poker's played, having a roulette wheel. The I, I the only thing I guess about that scene that doesn't work for me is when the gong rings so they can all go see Shredder. The kids just leave the money on the table, which you never do when you're gambling. <laughs> but I'll I'll pass that as they're still children and they didn't know that Tetsu was gonna come and steal it all. <laughs> That's probably that's true. That would Tetsu's the rake, you know. Yeah, and that's it. That's the only stuff I like. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the point about you know, like their gambling den and all that. I feel like this movie fueled a lot of like '90s parents' fears about what children did when they weren't within their own parents' vision. That were just completely irrational and illogical. That our parents were like, "You can't possibly be going to the like the, the roller skating rink. They they smoke and." And, and drink and, and gamble there. And it's like, no, mom, we, I mean, that we just was on some fucking roller skates and go in a circle to some music. <laughs> I mean, that but, was Danny's relationship with his father, essentially, was <laughs> all of those fears projected onto the son. Right, and, and in that case, they were confirmed. Those fears were, like, confirmed fears, and I feel like it confirmed a lot of the fears that, like, 90s parents had at the time and made them even, like, worse parents. And also, now that you bring it up, that dad is not concerned about his missing son because he rolls up to that news scene and it's just like, shoot, like, shoot the footage, guys. My son's not missing currently. All right. Which, and then he, who, then he realizes his son shows up. Who's a worse... Then he's like, yeah. Who's a worse father character? Him or Nicolas Cage's character from Astro Boy? This guy. <laughs> this guy is clearly a worse father. <laughs> Really? This Astro Boy's dad recreates his son using the most modern of technology to bring him back to life. This guy literally forgot him. he had a son because his son didn't come home for three days. Son. 
It yeah, wasn't I want to remind you, you went a 30-minute rant in the Astro Boy <laughs> episode about how terrible Nicolas Cage was as a father in that movie. Yeah, Nicolas Cage, not the father in the movie. There's difference. <laughs> I I clearly stated that Nicolas Cage is playing a different character. Yeah, you gave, you gave forget the point that. Nicolas Cage didn't give a fuck about the father, but the father didn't give a fuck about the kid. He cared enough to bring him back to life. This guy said, my son's gone missing for three days. Oh, well. I mean, his son is kind he of a He does make it a first. point at the very end of the movie to say he's got the whole city looking for him. Yeah. Like, what, what more he says he that, but he's not like that concerned when he's like there at this news scene. He's just like, yeah, I'm working like normal. Nothing new going on with my life. Everything's A-OK okay here. Right? He assumed the kid went to school. No, he, that's right. He jumped out of the car. Sorry. I'm thinking he dropped it off at school. No, he jumped out of the car. And ran right. into so, the subway. What, what, so what he acted their exactly kid like a car in New York City, and it doesn't like chase them down. <laughs> well, you'd, I would have created a traffic jam, and that would have been a whole different thing. Andy, what were you saying? Uh, so the dad in the Ninja Turtles movie ex- acted exactly like uh, what was her name, Cora's parents in the Astro Boy movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, we're just we've just been going on with our own lives, but holy shit, there you are! Thank God we've been missing you. <laughs> and and at least try to say that they they both of those groups say in the end, we've been looking for you. Right. <laughs> at least in Cora's case, it's been like six years or something, I feel like, where I would give up. This dude gave up in three days. <laughs> like, they just finished filming the first 48, and he gave up. I mean, Danny was a shitty son. He's a teenager going through life troubles. <laughs> <laughs> Give up, fuck him, fuck that kid. Did you hear him? He put on his music phones too high because I tried to talk to him. He likes music. The his son music of a phones. bitch. Ian, I hope you have eight sons. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Down the line, in the future. No, but is that like because the seventh one is cursed? Are we doing like a seventh son of the seventh son thing or? Or what? Like, is that what that's good, about? Good song. Oh, just take Your first girl. child be a masculine child. I'm just gonna go listen to that Iron Maiden album tonight. <laughs> Great album. It is. Let's talk about that next week. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Ian, you finished your, your like list? Yeah. Three things that were on there and that was it? Technically, right, there Josh. was four. Accounted. Okay. Alright, Josh, your rebuttal. Alright. Everything else I'm going to say uh, is just sort of like a mind dump. I just wrote thoughts down as I normally do. Doesn't necessarily fall like positive, negative a lot of times. So this is, okay, here we go. In the beginning, yes, Raphael loses a sigh. Splinter says, well, it's gone then. We have to, I guess, you know, accept this. Presumably, though, they will replace it at some point. Uh, you know, he's not going to say, oh, teenage son, this is your specialty weapon. You'll just go on with one now forever. Um, how did they get those in the first place of what they have? Like the turtles, they're probably thieves, right? They, Splinter stole them. They probably I'm sure. didn't like yeah. forge. They forged those. The the oh, swords and and the metal for the nunchucks and shit down in the sewers and stuff. So they're probably like minor level thieves themselves. Let's just accept that and move on. Um, yes, Casey Jones probably does break that kid's face in the park that he hits with the hockey stick with like the roundhouse punch, concussion easily. Yes, but again, that dovetails right into the next point. Casey's probably homeless and mentally unstable and deranged. He needs to be institutionalized. We know this. Um, 
this is just a personal note more the 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 um speech that chief stearns gives the first time he's on screen to april explaining like the differences that the police department's doing now i have been watching that movie i've been watching this movie for 30 years it was only until maybe i watched this randomly again like 10 years ago so like 20 years into watching this movie i did not know what words like like anything that he said meant and <laughs> i wonder didn't mean anything and that was the point <laughs> like if like watching it now i'm like oh okay i thought it's bullshit what he's saying and it's just like yeah like hyperbolic speak i get that but you can actually follow what he is saying but i didn't understand those words i didn't know what any of them meant or what they referred to in sequence um so since i didn't understand that till i was like 20 or 25 i had to ask was i just a dumb kid or did anybody else follow anything of what he said even by the time they were like 15 we all were dumb kids yeah, but yeah, I don't think anything really stuck with me. Said, then, but Josh know. didn't know what those words meant until he was like 26. Yeah. This is what I'm hearing. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing. It's like if it took till 26. I mean, individually, I could difference. probably tell you, yeah, oh, that word is this. And that's what, but, but like in the sequence that he says them and how he like tries to form that sentence, I could not follow it like probably until my mid 20s. So, right. Yes. But I'm saying like, is your question, did I understand that when I was five? Sort of. I'm trying to mask that with the fact that I didn't understand it until my mid twenties, but the real the real question is <laughs> he okay didn't understand it until he's twenty six. Yeah, that's what we're really discussing right now. So you not understanding it at five means we're the same, and it's not. I'm, I, it's we're, not different. All right, good. We're so learning I, a lot by why Josh liked this movie right now. So I was never <laughs> dumb. That's good to know. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> the part where Ralph runs out of the subway to save April whoa, after whoa, she gets whoa, attacked. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say Ralph? You just All said right, Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. So my, my, Ralph is my, the old man that tends to the gym in Verona. My notes auto-corrected my short my short <laughs> of Ralph to Ralph. So yes, Ralph runs out, and as he's running towards the Foot Clan, the camera does that like shaky thing to like simulate his vision of what's happening. That's freaking awesome. I've always loved that moment. Um. The uh, the Neverland Clubhouse comes up again. I equated when we talked about Astro Boy, the orphan group there, to this exact thing in the Turtles. So yay, Neverland Clubhouse payoff. Uh, so you just predicted the wheel spin that episode because you called it before we spun the wheel. I was thinking that. So I don't know if any of us have yet made any correlation or any comment related to anything else that's left on the wheel. I mean, we've talked about Secret of the Ooze a lot. But uh, maybe that's sort of our, uh, you know, voodoo trick we can try and see how often it works. You know, Zack Snyder did not direct this film, but uh, I know that. I, I... What, what did he direct? Well, you know, Rorschach wears a trench coat. I think Rorschach is in The Watchmen, is he not? And a hat. Okay, but he is not a turtle. <laughs> we I talked about him. those things because a turtle wore them. Box box check. But, uh, Mike, Rorschach like also it. wears them. In um, he, he kills Tracy. a dog, and they kill a dog in the second movie, don't they? So it's they kill a dog in the turtle in Turtles too. Well, Razar or Toka, whichever one he was, I don't remember which one was which. They don't kill him in the end. They 
like reverse the mutation and Same make them different. I know you're trying. I, I appreciate they took it. a sentient being and turned it, it. They took they took a dog that turned into a sentient being with real thoughts and the ability to speak, and they turned it back into something that was a sentient being that couldn't do that. They essentially killed it. I mean, they did not. He looks very cute at the end in the club. Oh, cuteness. Af- that's after okay. they get to the Neverland clubhouse. Sam Rockwell shows up. What the hell? That's amazing. Later, yeah. things happen after that, and at some point, yeah. uh, as as the fight ensues in April's apartment, Nunchuck battle off. Love that every time I see it. I was waiting for one of them to shoot their gun. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very indie. I liked it. Um, I, okay, so here's the point about Leo swords. Yes, Leo swords would murder a lot. I get that. There would be carnage, appendages heads things everywhere totally understand that if they ever decide to make the logan version as brian said earlier of ninja turtles i will be all there for it um i found uh tatsu's nod of approval when the foot soldiers use the piano to bang donatello's head into it as a weapon i thought i found that odd if he's training ninjas and i get the idea of like being resourceful but it's to me that was a bit too much of like, oh yes, you've learned these 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 good training tactics. Well, you've hit that turtle's head into those keys a few times. He must be near defeated now. I bet. No, he liked the melody. There's a lot of like non ninja moves going on, just like throwing people around, randomly hitting them into things. That's not like ninja fighting. Yeah, the, and let's face the, it, the ninjas just the turtles. They just roll around a lot of the time. That too. Yeah. Uh, and, and, Unless the ninjas Jackie Chan. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can see why Shredder and Tatsu's plan and their empire fell. Like, they did not... Their supposed soldiers are not trained well. The 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 lack of, a, apparently, you know, martial arts and ninja training itself, other, other than ninja time, uh, does not really ever go off very well. I looked up that line. <laughs> and? It's ninja vanish. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> But I still think attacked. Ninja Time's better writing. <laughs> <laughs> It'll always be Ninja, Ninja Time, Time here, Ian. <laughs> um, in that same thing, uh, as they fall through the that floor that was mentioned, and then everyone's like, "Oh, what's happening? Oh, get back up!" And then uh, the the lights turn on. They fight some more, and then there's a big break, and then you see Casey Jones enter with that guitar wail, smacking the goalie stick on his hand. Shit, yes, you loved that. Do not lie and say you don't. <laughs> um, I was kind of wondering why he was there. I granted, yes. Oh, because he <laughs> no. Right before that, he, he saw no. He he sees. Yeah, he saw Raph, Raph on the yeah on the roof from afar, and he's getting like getting the shit kicked out of him by the the foot, yeah. other foot guy. Oh, uh, so he was yeah. looking for children to beat up and saw a turtle instead. <laughs> he's a vigilant. How did he get to the vigilante. roof that he was on? Okay. So yeah, the title fits. He would have he would have recognized Raph from the park, kept watching him. Yeah, so he was like, "Hey, that guy with the trench coat and hat, who's clearly not a turtle, he was a turtle the whole time. Now that he sees him without the trench coat and hat, <laughs> well, and then he sees him getting attacked, and one way or another, he's like, this is a fight I got to be in.' Somewhere along the way, he decides he's on the turtle's side. He respects Raph for the the honorable fight that he gave him in the park he doesn't like that he's outnumbered 
that's not honorable. So he comes to their defense, and it's awesome. But Casey's not honorable. He's just anti In that moment. <laughs> in that moment, he is. Even though he was going to murder a child earlier <laughs> in the film. Three of them, to be exact. Uh, well, talking about beating up children, Tatsu loves to beat up teenage boys. He takes yeah. all of his frustrations out on adolescents. Um, this is a like of yours? I mean, compared to some of the things <laughs> you put in your like column most of the time. Whoa, I'm called for. Um, a critique I would have is Donatello, to me, is the only one who obviously lacks his typical personality that we think we know about him. You know, R Raphael is the consummate angry adolescent teenager. Mikey is the party jokey one. Leonardo is the boy scout of the group, but the sort of brainiac uh, scientist engineer side of Donatello is not really there. Um, I say they, co they definitely course correct that. Oh yeah, um, he's in the next like movie. The star, he's the star in Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, um, but th th it's like noticeably missing from this one. If you you know know that about him. Um, do, 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 do. Well, don't hold on. Wait, don't 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 they have the moment with Donatello where he's doing like the repairs with Casey? I thought about that when it occurred to me, but all he is doing is in the driver's seat. He's just waiting to like turn the engine on to see if it works after Casey's does stuff. I mean, I, I took it as a presumption that they were like working Forte on it together. Though. Like the mechanical right. stuff. And I mean, like, you've kind I, of I already established, as... like, you've shown Casey working on a vehicle already, so I guess you're going to just have him keep doing it, so that it seems like he has sort of a purpose there within the group, um, now that they're not in a fight. But, okay. yeah, that occurred to me. Speaking of that scene, I think I just realized it when we were, like, when I watched it again, it's something I completely whiffed as, as a kid, but the insults that they're throwing back and forth, they were going through the alphabet. Yeah. Which I just realized after watching it this time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think uh, it was, like, watching it younger, it's just gibberish. I don't realize they're talking about, like, going through the letters of the alphabet. I just completely spaced on that part, I guess. But, so that was kind of fun, watching, realizing that for the first time. To, big, to piggyback on the, what we're talking about right now, they never actually go through and tell you how Michelangelo dealt with everything. They showed, like, Raph was obviously knocked out. Leonardo was guarding him. Donatello was mm. hanging out with um, True. Uh, Casey, and Casey was, you know, just being the fart head or whatever that she called <laughs> him. Um, but you never actually see how Michelangelo was dealing with things in that. I feel like that would be one of the deleted scenes. Also, uh, yeah, like, fair. In, yeah. in that whole scene, we see that their care for Raphael was just to stuff him in a fucking bathtub. <laughs> Well, he's a turtle. Like they just, yeah, but there was some, some water in it. Put him in some water. <laughs> he keep was him just in a dry bathtub. I mean, fits his body shape. I don't know. Like, what, I don't would, know. what, what it, would be the alternative? Feels... A bed, a couch, and like anything other than a hard chunk of porcelain. This, was, mean... this was a callback to Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it may have been. I never watched it, so I don't know if you, it could be. They did put him on his back, and his back is a hard shell. So, no, it's a it's a, it's a half of a hard shell. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is a half shell. Sorry, 
He didn't complain after he woke up, so I'm assuming he was not angry about that choice. Well, he also didn't seem to know he was unconscious for God knows how long. <laughs> I mean, he didn't really have a choice. Like, he just, he was stuck with it. What's he going to do? Say, did you guys stuff me in a bathtub for a week? I mean, like, he could have, but he was like, you know what? I'm going to find my priorities. I need something to eat. That's what I'm focusing on. Right. But I'm just saying, for somebody they supposedly really care about, he looked like he was just tossed in there, too. Like, he was he was on his side. Half of him was hanging out of the damn tub. Like, it just... You know, now that I'm thinking about it, like that, they've probably never seen a bathtub before. Yeah. Maybe they thought it was a bathtub. So no, they're like, that's a rare item. That's what we should use. I've never seen one of those before. Right? That's got to be a mystical thing. I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird that the two humans in the group never, never bathed during this time. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, how could Don't they? Don't we the see, like, April instead of bathing, that's like, what I mean. yeah, herself yeah. off with a rag? Like oh, it. so there, there, there's an instance in, in which one of them is wet. She sprinkles water on him and whatnot. We, we yes. talked about wet before. <laughs> Callback. Uh, they weren't in New York wet. at the time. <laughs> so. when, uh, when they get back to the city and get back to their, their lair and find Danny hiding in the the cabinet, and they open it up and he yells, Don't! Don't shoot! And Raph says, I don't think it's loaded, kid. It's my favorite <laughs> joke of the movie. I love that line. <laughs> um, I thought Splinter's flashback as he's telling Danny his story was, like, fairly dark. Like, in, in like the, the tone of it, the material, the nature of it. Um, I'd have to go back and, and put the scene back on and pause. I didn't do it this time. For the almost my entire life, and definitely when I was a kid growing up, when they get to the part where they show like, oh, my master came home and found his love dead on the floor. There are little bits of things, a ton of them, like right around her body. And again, I think because of like how it looks, it's very grainy. It's very like, it's not good quality picture. And I think that's on purpose, but I always thought that she was lying on the ground with like her arm cut into pieces. I, I same in, here. But actually, and yeah, when stuff, I saw it stuff this like time, that, I, think I was like, played a lot Holy better. Shit, I'm pretty sure that's like part of a necklace or something. Is that it? Because like the way she's it laying, like maybe pearls or something. Tell where her, her I, arm is. Batman I thing. always thought she was just like mutilated when I was a kid. I was like, yeah. "Holy shit, they got dark!" Like, yeah. Wow. But even like the whole uh, 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 re- revenge story, and um, I mean the the violence of it, but like the emotional connection that Splinter was like, I had, you know, I loved my master and and all this, and then he was taken from me. Like it's just, it's dark material. Um, I skip ahead to the Tatsu Casey fight when the golf clubs show up, and you already know Casey Jones, and you're like, there's the damn golf clubs. Shit, yes, here we are. Here comes the fucking zigger, guys. What's he gonna hit us with? <laughs> That's what I golf always... isn't boring. That's the joke. That's the zinger. Golf was boring. Now it's not because you hit people with the clubs. <laughs> I was alright with it. I mean, to be fair, if they had like hockey fights in golf, I might watch golf. <laughs> like, if so, if, so, if somebody made a putt and then they somebody just charged them and started beating the shit out of them, that. I might watch golf. And then immediately immediately Fair. after that moment concludes, who do we get again? More Sam Rockwell. And what does he bring into the mix? One of the themes from something else we do on the show. 
family. <laughs> I made a note of that, which basically connects the two, because I was thinking, I think they say family more in this movie than they do in <laughs> Fast Five. I love that That's scene. Possible. Um, I do like when Shredder finally drops off of wherever the hell he was during that end fight and just like falls into like that particular section of roof. Um, because to me, that was very deliberately like, all right, if this is a game, this is a video game, this is a cartoon, et cetera. Like, all right, here we go. Boss level. That's beginning. Yeah. It's right now. There it is. Yeah. Um, I actually tend to think that the the way I'm sure there's a lot to be desired still, but between the cutting, the music, the the voice effects of of all, all the actors in in the scenes, I actually really dig the turtle shredder fight a lot. Um, there's an intensity to it that I think helps you forget how simple it probably really seems in terms of the choreography, and that there's a lot of like stupid mistakes that the turtles make and. And whatnot, but the the score, especially during that scene, I freaking love. So that's one of my my notes is the rooftop climax for me is still fantastic. Like mm-hmm. the lead up to that when they finally reveal each other that they're gonna face off, and then it like cuts down to the street, and that like Josh was saying, the music kicks up, something a little bit more upbeat and and fighty. I guess I don't know how else to describe it right now, but that part still gives me goosebumps when I start to get to that that third act fight. I they, that that moment right you said it right when they cut down back back down to the street for a second and Casey is looking up and thinks he's talking to Splinter who's already left but he doesn't know it yet and as he's saying those lines I like, think your boys are gonna need a little uh he looks down he's realizes he's gone where go? and you can hear them fighting on the yes, roof and, and as as <laughs> Casey's delivering those lines and turning his head like you hear that like subtle music build up and so when it cuts back to the roof it's like bam here we go yeah. Yeah, really good. Um, garbage truck shows up. Hell yes, knock those people off that ladder. Punch more of them in the face after you get out. This was like I think after we it talked was. about the Batman a couple of weeks ago, but I still sort of have that idea in my head. Like yes, punch evil in its dumb face. <laughs> um, and then yep, murder by garbage truck compactor. Point for Casey. And then before we get out of there, we get Sam Rockwell. Yet again, we get the trifecta. He goes legit. He says, this is what, you know, hey, all, everything that you need, I'm going to tell you where to go. I did, I will say, just realizing it now, this could go on the negative list. The chief of police for the entire city of New York walks into a chaotic murder scene and talks to one like 19 year old ruffian who says go somewhere that's probably 20 miles away and you'll find (laughs) what you think you want to know and the guy just turns and goes doesn't stay there he's not coordinating resources any longer he's he's just on his way doesn't flat out arrest the the person he's talking to none of them yeah um that's why the foot clan wear masks (laughs) and then Specifically, uh, Andy, I know your gripe about the uh, lyric in the song, which I never picked up on because I'm too busy rocking out to it and grooving with it. I love that first song, T-U-R-T-L-E Power. Oh, I love it. Don't get me wrong. It just in, just in the opening. Partners that, in crime. Yes. That little that little snippet of Raphael being the leader just always was like, no, he's not. Huh. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and. 
Part yes, the artist is Partners in Crime, spelled K R Y M E. That is the artist. <laughs> Not to be confused with actual crime. <laughs> Just want to set the record straight because it was nineteen ninety. Yeah, that reminds me of like there was a wrestling like tag team called crime time <laughs> that was in the wwe for a while and it just like i hear that name and it just reminds me of that that tag team like it just did i don't they, know why did but... they spell it stupidly the same like that or it just I <laughs> that's like a recall of it. they used y's instead of eyes yeah they used a c but that seems even worse <laughs> like if you're gonna do that just yeah go go the full way yeah. <laughs> so those th- those are my my thoughts. Uh, Andy, I guess it's your turn. Um, I really like the soundtrack to this movie, the score, soundtrack, all of it. I just the the whole thing is very nostalgic for me, and I think it's 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 really quite awesome. It's so '90s, but it's so good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, I like, and I don't think I've ever noticed it until i saw it this time i like how each of the turtles faces actually looks a slightly different i never noticed that yeah. when i was a kid i was just like oh they're all just the same thing you know different color masks um i really like i know <laughs> ian's gonna be pissed but i really like the jokes in this movie because they're very very <laughs> punny and i think that's awesome <laughs> And I enjoyed the shit out of that part of it. I laughed <laughs> quite a bit during this movie. Um, oh, I can't wait till we get to Secret of the Use. They're so, what's in there they're for so you. cheesy and funny that it's just it, you can't not like it. <laughs> I, I can't uh, wait till we get to Batman and Robin. Then, if that's your cup of tea, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, okay, that's that's freeze. That's, those those are one-liners. They're not necessarily jokes. <laughs> yeah, what the, what this whole thing is going to be a test to see where Andy draws the line for terrible puns. Yeah, high freeze. I'm Batman. Does not count. <laughs> yeah, but Mister Freeze saying chill out. Come uh, on. Okay. Yeah, I might have to laugh at that. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> um. Uh. I liked the um, training that the turtles were doing at the farm. I liked that scene a lot, as well as their uh, kumbaya moment where they all sort of connect with Splinter over the fire. I thought that that was that sort of brought everything in really nicely. And I, yeah, I remember really liking that as a kid, and it it stood up very well. Um, watching it now. I, I will agree to that and tag on to that for just a second to go like really real for another moment. I, for some reason, like do and at the simultaneously don't have strong associations with this um, with my brother. But for some reason, like especially this time around, that scene in particular around the fire and whatnot um, really hit hard in a way. Um uh, it, yeah, it, it, it kind of gets you like in the feels time. that you don't expect it to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it affected me as much as a kid. Like, it's just something you'd gloss over. Like, okay, yeah, this is moving the plot forward. But as an adult, yeah, it does hit a little bit harder. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, hmm. What else did I like? Yeah, I mean, overall, just the 
nostalgia aspect of it. I just I think that was my favorite part of it. Yeah. And I think that's about it. I can remember. Okay. Uh Mike, I guess your turn. What else you got? Um so first and foremost I'd like to make note of the character modeling. The costumes, Splinter, the baby turtles. I don't know how they hit the high point in the series in the first film for this, but they did. You know, you go to the second and third films, for whatever reason in the third film, their teeth get fucking huge. It makes no sense. It, it, it's weird. Um, and and I, I believe also in the third, f- maybe just in the second film too, they don't actually fully animate Splinter. So, like, you only see the top half of Splinter. Um... Like, you never see him walking around, you never see his legs or anything. You always just see him, like, from a window or something, like, half up. You mm-hmm. never actually see the whole thing. Um, yeah, okay. So I don't know how they do that, where you hit this home run of a movie with this, you know, massive, you know, whatever percentage profit they made off the movie, and then somehow your, you know, the work that Henson did for the movie just got worse and worse. I don't, I don't understand how that happened, but it did. They lost the, the bottom soundtrack. half of the puppet. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they misplaced it. That's a very good practical reason why they would do it that way. Rats got um, to it. <laughs> what Andy said about the soundtrack, I completely agree. Um, and I think as a movie that was generated towards both adults and kids, this movie was made for both. It wasn't the second and third movies. Like This was made to appeal to both. It had that more darker tone and all that, but it put in this storyline of a bit of a moral story for kids around Danny that a lot of the movies at that time would not have focused on, would not have put into the movie. They would have just thrown something together and Danny's story wouldn't have been part of it. And Danny's story really is the moral of the story. It's about redemption. It's about somebody who went the wrong path, realized it and turned around. And the turtle story this whole time is kind of ancillary to that, in my own opinion. Like, you're getting a lot of that turtle story and all that, but the real moral of the story lies with Danny. And that's kind of an interesting way to present it. Um, where they wouldn't have before. Like I said, like other movies at the time that I think of that were similar, like Ghostbusters had nothing like that. Well, I like Ghostbusters more as a movie, but it had nothing like that in it. Since you're uh, framing it around that that's also something that the next two movies for Ninja Turtles lacked no they, they had nothing yeah. like that the, the lesson was haha laugh at the turtles and that was it look Kevin Nash is super shredder yay I don't know holy shit that was Kevin Nash <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it was super shredder was Kevin Nash yes oh, in his early early days <laughs> Um, uh, other things that I feel like were really done well, um, you know, the humor in some ways still works on some levels. No, no, calm down, Ian. I'm not talking about all of it. I'm talking about some of it. The silly humor to me holds up. Like the idea that like these, the, I bet bet Splinter loves that one. (laughs) That was a joke. I know. That one landed so hard. I'm talking about the silly humor along the lines of like... Not game show fans? 
I'm talking about the physical humor more so, like the the slapstick aspect of some of the humor that they did. I thought was fun. Yes, a lot of like their puns and irony and all that was very cheesy, but I mean, I I get a huge laugh out of like the model, like the whatever you want to call it, the suit, the character's face when Michelangelo comes up behind. I guess it's Donatello with the the symbols. And just, like, the sheer, like, panic and whatever on its face when it screams when he slaps them behind him makes me laugh every time. Um, you know, like, the, the whole thing with, like, oh, I'm sure Raph will turn up soon enough, and then he just falls through the roof. I feel like that's... I like that still. I like that kind of thing, and it worked. Some of the other stuff didn't, yes, but that did. Um... Even though they killed it in the second and third films, and now it's more cringe, but the whole, like, Splinter making a funny thing, I still love that. I remember loving that when I was a kid, and I, I still love it just because of the nostalgia. Yes, they did the same joke in the second and third movies, and it did not fucking go over in either of those two, but in the first one, it still worked. Um, Michelangelo's conversation with the pizza delivery, or the pizza with Domino's, about the anchovies and all that, I I fucking still laughed at that. Um, I just didn't get like, had someone just been throwing anchovies on pizzas at random? But that's the point. You don't have to know. <laughs> like it's <laughs> so healthy if there's anchovies, which means at some point they had gotten anchovies without asking for them. If he's saying that, or you know? he's just like so comically irrational that th th these are things that he always makes a point to you know demand. I, exactly i get it i'm fine with it yeah I, like i i enjoyed that um beyond that you know like we've talked about most of it um you know the, the whole again so so much of it ended up being overdone in the sequels but in this one they only do like the head turtle pop thing the one time like, where they pop their head into the shell and like, oh, I love being a turtle. It was good when it was the first time you heard the joke. It's just, you know, I can't let the sequels be the reason that that joke doesn't hit now for me. Because, yeah. you know, we're looking at this as its own film. Um, Yeah, I mean, just the, the nostalgia that hits for me. I watched this movie, don't get me wrong, probably more than any of you did. I watched this. There was probably a year and a half that I watched this daily. Like, I was just obsessed with this as a kid. Like, it was on every fucking day. Um, so, for me, it, it holds a special place. One way or another. For better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. This I would say this is the first and only VHS that I ever wore out. Oh, yeah. And it was one of the few. Like, I think in our house, like, we did not... Like the 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 fact that we even at some point had a VCR was a miracle, <laughs> and so like of the like the three VHSs that we either owned or were gifted to us or whatever, this was one of them. Uh, so it might have been the case like that's why it's not a necessity, but didn't matter. This thing never got old to me. I remember ours was um, like a bootleg copy, like recorded off of television, nice. so it had commercials in it and everything, like. <laughs> Uh, Mike, do you have anything else? 
Was that it? Um, I, I would like to add one more negative if I can that I forgot. Okay. Seriously, how the fuck does Splinter grab Shredder at the end of this? Like, he pulls the nunchucks out, gets them around his staff, twists them, and as he goes I mean, over, the tension we... <laughs> twists and holds it. No, no, I, I, I get, Physics. I get that, but I'm saying like we see, we see Splinter do like a flick of his wrist. If Splinter really is that good, that after being held captive and starved and like basically tortured for crucified, know, however the hell long it was, <laughs> yeah, that he's that good that. After all that time, this Shredder, who is better than all of his turtles combined, he's just like, eh, flick of the wrist. Gotcha, bitch. He's calm. He's zen. What? He's deliberate. He knows how I to get it. I, I, I liken it to uh, Yoda. Really? I was thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah, but by the time Yoda is like teaching Luke, I don't feel like Yoda was able to do that stuff anymore. I feel like Yoda was. We don't like, know. He didn't have a reason. He was dying. He also so had magic space powers. Yeah, that's true. He did have magic space powers, which aren't prevalent here, or which aren't um, around it, in, in this. It's not. I don't know. Splinter is not a magical like, space rat. <laughs> it seemed out of place for him to just be like that good. And having and in, in just sending them out this whole time, when when how much good could Splinter have been doing before he was injured? If he's that good, I don't, know, it just, well, I don't think he gives a shit about the people in New York. He gives a shit about his sons. Shredder at that point is threatening his sons to go out. In I don't think he's sending them out. They're just going out and being hoodlums. Yeah, they're going to go out regardless. He's just telling them if you're going to go out, be careful. Be back by ten. Like, okay. They're the ones out there picking fights. He doesn't. He doesn't care if they're saving the city or whatever. Okay, no, I'll accept that. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that in because it was something that bugged me. But <laughs> um, I don't think I have too much. I have a couple like just random notes that I wrote down on top of a couple uh, stuff that I liked that I think I don't know if we talked. Uh, yeah, we talked about turtles still look good. I think the costume design was good. Um, you know, the mouth don't always sync up, but that's where the, all the robotics and electronics are. So that's forgivable for me. Um, Casey Jones, even though he's like mentally stunted is still my favorite character in this movie by far. Um, we talked about how much I love the rooftop climax, uh, just other general thoughts that I don't know if we touched on. Um, like as seeing this movie as a kid, like. Raph's opening line is basically swearing. I remember that being a big fucking deal when I was a kid. Like, oh, Raph said, "Damn, am I allowed to say damn?" Like the turtles just said, "Damn." Okay, that I heard someone say, "Damn." Are we gonna? Do, do, are, am I gonna have to turn this <laughs> right. off? Am I in trouble for having heard it? Yeah, typically that's the time when the movie shuts off, and you're like, "You're going to bed. This is not for you." They say it several <laughs> times. They say, "Damn." Yeah. They don't even say hell. They just say, "Damn." I can't tell you how many times. It's but probably it's the only word that the MPAA let them take. Mm-hmm. And used to be still be PG or whatever. That, I'm assuming this is still PG, it right? Is. It wasn't PG thirteen, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. Um, Splinter is still creepy as hell. <laughs> like that, I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but he still creeps me out as a as a costume and 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 you know puppet or whatever the hell they use there. He always looks wet. Yes, that too. Yeah. Um, I I don't know why this hit me 
more obviously this time, but I've, Raph is like the most New York New Yorker I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. Like, none of the other ones talk like he does, and they're all from the same spot, but Raph, for whatever reason, is just straight up New York, like hardcore. Just the, his mannerisms, the way he talks, his he accent, everything. Yeah, which, he, he interacts with the people. Which is I, yeah, weird. He's the, the only one that really goes outside and goes movie. to see movies. No, he watched so he's, this. He's the New Yorker. He saw that Super Mario Brothers movie a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird too, because Michelangelo almost gives off a feeling of like the West Coast. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, that's true. Um, this is just maybe more of a question for all of us. This is this is by far the best April O'Neil we've got out of these movies, right? It's all downhill well, it's from the here. Same one in the I don't remember movie, right? the other it's the, the other one April. from the next two. I I remember. I, I thought the it next was Judith Hogue still in the second one. No, this is her one and only yeah. shot for April O'Neil. I don't think she's in the other no. two. I remember who's in the third one, but she was awful. Like I remember, like I can see it. Is it the is it the it same horrible. one in two and three? I th- I think it is. I thought it was. It could, but be. again, I I have no memory of what April O'Neil looks or sounds like in the next two movies. Yeah, but then you get Megan and at, Fox. at this point, I don't even want to look it up. I just want to watch those movies and see. Mm-hmm. But I have no recollection of what she is or who she is. I I mean, I definitely remember. Yeah, it's definitely the best. At least, at least Secret of the Use. Um, I have never still. I mean, we mentioned I've never seen the newer one, so I don't know how Megan Fox's April is. But at least out of yeah. like the original ones, yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, also, I mean, the character that they wrote for April though is you know by far so much better than what they gave that you know later april to do yeah she has much more to do in this one and maybe that's why you know uh she didn't come back for the next one because she realized they were sort of writing her off and didn't really give her anything to do i don't yeah i don't i still don't really know what the story is there in the second one kind of if it was a creative differences or contract thing that she didn't come back or scheduling who knows could be a lot of things um, but that's all I got. So at this point, should we go around for, for ratings out that's of 10, wind it down. All right. Yeah, Ian, you got the spreadsheet ready? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to wait till the episode gets <laughs> released and then go back and download it's gonna it. It's going to give an excuse. Yeah. Go back, give, go back later and listen piece. to it. Well, I guess at this point, Ian, you don't even have to listen, wait for the episode to be edited and uploaded. You can come back to the Twitch stream and, and find it. If you're, if you're looking for ratings for the spreadsheet. Um, well, anyway, Ian, you're, you, we've been going to you first, so you're up first. <laughs> he made a spreadsheet, now he's looking at you like, I'm not going to keep up with this. <laughs> yeah, are, you, are you crazy? That is absurd. You open the door, you gotta, you you gotta finish this, write this one out now. You put formulas into cells, man, there's averages there, I can tell. <laughs> you can't prove I didn't do those in my head. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Ian, if you don't want to do it, I'm sure glad, Josh loves spreadsheets, he will gladly, I'm sure, take this off your hands. so boring. <laughs> so the only thing more boring than Josh was this movie. I lost interest <laughs> almost instantly. I spent half of the movie being like, I could be doing something else. Maybe I'll text Brian and said, I'm just skipping this one. This <laughs> these jokes didn't land. The action was boring. There were zero explosions. It it I I was there upset. There were like, zero explosions. Huh? Holy shit. Yeah, there was zero explosions. I, I just realized there are none expl- no explosions. None explosions occur. None explosions. <laughs> Like at least like the the type of bad bloodshot was it held my interest to see what stupid thing was gonna happen next. With this, I was like, <laughs> I don't even care. I 
forgot who the Turtles' personalities were. The only one I could remember was, like, Raphael, I think, because he was important, maybe. I kind of, like, prefer calling him Ralph now. That's <laughs> something I've gotten out of this. You're welcome. I just, I did not like this movie. It's um a 3.5. Oof. Well, Josh, bring us back around. I know you're going to rebuke that one. Oh, the, this is... Oh, and, oh, this might get a little higher if I knew I didn't have many other things throughout this journey of Rewind Theater that I would need to put higher to give myself room. So this solidly, easily gets an 8. Okay. Uh, if for nothing else, I think the... And I, I, I might have argued this or just randomly said it on previous episodes for some reason or just in person, but I think given... You, you're handed this source material and you know what that looks like, but you're also trying to work on this film and you have this hit TV kids show cartoon that is blowing up and you still choose to produce this. Legitimately, like for good or for bad, I think this is one of the bravest movie making decisions and ballsiest decisions at least from a financial standpoint, and given all the factors going into it at the time, to make. And I've always loved the tone of it. Um, like I said, I, I, I think there are, there are certain... Some some things that Secret of the Ooze does a little better, but ultimately, like yeah, like I would love to see this flavor of the Ninja Turtles more and more. And I don't know what the the like michael bay produced ones are, are more like or not if they fall somewhere in between if they're just like their own thing entirely but if they ever started producing things that leaned more this way especially in a live action uh arena i would enjoy it immensely i'll give you that uh andy out of 10 uh, i'm also going to give it an eight do care care to elaborate at all um, I didn't expect to laugh as much as I did watching it now as old as I am. Um, and just, I don't know, just, I guess the, I guess it still held weight for me. Nostalgia wise. Okay. That's fair. Uh, Mike out of 10. Uh, 8.75. Oh, he's taking I'm, the, the in-between route. Well, no, I always give it like a point system. Like, I, you know. Yeah, I just figured, I don't, I don't remember. I know Ian's been given like point threes and point sevens. <laughs> I did, I thought you were either one, you know, point five or zero. Is that no, a repeating? Going... Is it repeat after that or? No, 8.75. It's not 8.67. Okay. I'm just asking. I gotta know. Eight and three quarters. He's not maintaining a spreadsheet. He has to know how many decil, de- decimal places to include now i have to change the formula to show three digits (laughs) (laughs) fine 8.7 if it it saves your formula um formula it's just formatting hit the arrow (laughs) we'll 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 call it um 1.3 explosions away from a a 10 out of 10 (laughs) (laughs) no this movie needs like a lot more explosions. Oh God, you are a hack reviewer. 
<laughs> Doesn't say that about any of the other people that just gave it an eight, but Mike specifically is a hack reviewer. No one else said if this movie had 1.3 more explosions, it'd be a perfect 10. <laughs> uh, it, Brian, if you don't put that title in your back pocket for mike somewhere and introduce him in a future episode at some point i'll be disappointed <laughs> hack reviewer <laughs> fair enough uh yeah I'm, i mean i'm more in line with these guys i'm i'm giving it an 8.5 and as much as like some of the stuff seems outdated or or inconsistent for me the nostalgia for me is definitely just holding it up there I, it's a movie i could rewatch all the time even for again all its downfalls i could rewatch this anytime I think it holds up a lot. Oh, that's one question I probably should have put in the outline is more or less, does this hold up? That's sort of the whole reason we were revisiting some of this stuff. Um, but I guess sort of just based on the conversations and what we've sort of rated it, I think it's safe to assume that a lot of us feel like this does hold up. If you had watched um, it a million times. I mean, tens. I mean, <laughs> I watched it three times before we did this review, like in the past week and a half. So, Jeez. Wow. How? Yeah, you are set. <laughs> because it's fucking awesome. That's how. No, it is not. <laughs> Disagree. So I think it's safe to say four out of the five of us think this holds up. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb there and say that. There... I'll try to make make sure I I put that question in there. Whatever. We I can't. Other... I I cannot wait until we get to Watchmen so that Ian and I can agree on something for once. <laughs> I, I think it holds up, I think, other than a couple of the like very specifically dated references that it makes at a, at a couple points. Quality-wise, especially like for the budget that you found and whatnot, I, you, there's a lot more ways that this movie could have gone off the rails and just looked worse. The production could have been more terrible. The editing could have been more terrible. The action sequences, the way it's shot, the, like all of that. Like the recipe for it, really, this should totally be a terrible movie to everybody. I agree, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I guess at this point we are going to spin the wheel. Wheel of pain. Uh, for anybody that's still in chat, uh, I did put up a poll uh, for the movies that are on the wheel. So if you want to just cast your vote, uh, what you think will be picked. We'll see if you're correct. I guess it's you, I don't know. I've, I guess I was framing it that way, but I guess if you want to pick what you think you'd like to see, granted your your choice has no effect on what the wheel will choose, but you know we could see if what you want to see gets chosen. Um, so I just put up the the options that are in the poll. So if you, I think if you, I don't know if I can show the poll again. Um, Chris, I guess if you're in there, you haven't voted. I think somewhere up there it tells you what the. Uh, what the poll was. Yeah, so if you if you exclamation point TMNT for turtles, if we get that'll give us secret of the use. Exclamation point swamp thing, exclamation point Constantine. Or I guess you have to do vote. Exclamation point vote and then one of the one of the uh options. Constantine, Valerian, Cowboys, Watchmen, those are what's on the board. So you guys are gonna have to watch the Twitch stream, because that's how I'm gonna have to share the wheel. Everybody should hopefully be able to see the wheel. And if it's not there yet, hopefully it'll show up in the next couple seconds. My head's real big. There's the wheel. Alright, maybe it's a little bit of a delay. Hopefully. So am I going to hear it in here? Or is it... Hopefully you hear it through Twitch, probably. I'm not listening. Because I'm not sharing Twitch. through Skype. I'm not listening. Alright, well then you won't hear the spin. Okay. Alright, you guys see it? Yes? Mm -hmm. Everybody does? I can now, yeah. 
Okay. I'm going to hit the spin, and I'm going to hold my tongue because it's probably going to be a 10-minute or 10-second delay between me and you guys. So for everyone that voted, we have two votes for Constantine, two votes for Cowboys and Aliens, one vote for Watchmen. So we will see what hits. Because we know that it is up to fate. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how I feel about this. this. I don't. I, I've never watched this before, so I don't know if I'm happy or not. Yeah. Ditto. Yeah. Me neither. Same here. Um. Has anybody started or like? Pre I don't. If you previously watched it, or have you started uh, watching Swamp Thing now that it's airing on CW? No. I have not. No. no. I've read the comics. They're, uh, but it's like obviously like it's a weekly release because it's filling the slot that some of the regular Arrowverse shows would have started this fall but weren't ready to because of production delays. Um, so it's only like three episodes released so far, but I'm really digging it. I hope that the reaction that it gets, I heard it's gotten like really good ratings, so if they can pick it up and try to figure out a way to continue it on well, that's CW. the one that got cancelled, right? From when it was on DC Universe, they cancelled it before the first season was over? Yeah. It was, it was that was the one James Wan had a hand in, I think? J James Wan was producing slash kind of showrunner along with um, uh, Len, excuse me, Len Wiseman. Oh, okay. Underworld, directed right? directed at least the first episode. What's that? Didn't he do Underworld? Wasn't he yeah. director for that? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what, um, what is the, uh, what's the website that'll tell us how, what options we have to watch this it might be well, Andy, just that. watch yes www yeah, just, just watch.com just watch.com and that should give you so i don't yeah i don't even know uh what year did that movie come out which one are we looking for 1982 is it that early yeah because this was what it's john carpenter wasn't Wes it? craven craven yeah it was one of them can brian handle this if it's Wes craven it's pg then yes Yes, I can. <laughs> Which is weird because on the IMDb page, on the uncut version, it says there's additional nudity. <laughs> Which means the PG version has some nudity. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we got to look forward to for the next one is Swamp Thing. Which I yeah I really don't know anything about this movie no, so this will yeah, be neither. interesting. I'm not even sure if this, this is, is our, DC this is our second Swamp franchise. Thing. So there are multiple Swamp Thing movies. Uh, you know what, is this the origin story of Swamp Thing from Con Air? Uh, that wow. Was like, I'm... You can't write I for the Turtles! Well. What is that from? <laughs> Wait, is this the E82 one? Yep. E82? Swamp Thing from 1982? That's where we're going with? Mm -hmm. Yep. Alright. Alright, well, All right. well anybody keeping score? Is this our oldest That's movie? we got next. What's this that? is the oldest movie too, then. <laughs> yeah, that we've done so far. It's like what? Yeah, because I think th this Turtles was, and now it's been outdated by this one. The third movie, not from the 2010s. Yeah. <laughs> well, that just means the wheel's gonna stay the same for the next time we do this too. Nothing changes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's another franchise. So. Yeah, Swamp Thing stays on the board. But uh, but that's good because because after that point, both franchises will still be on. There's like a one in three chance as always, that we'll get a franchise again. So that could either move Turtles along, or if it hits... I mean, it would be amazing if it hits Swamp Thing again. Yeah. We hit number two, and then get a replacement after that. Something new and exciting to add to the neighborhood. 
Yeah. See how it goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, All right. Well, I guess that's it. You guys got anything else? I think we've been going for like two and a half. So that's, a, that's the longest rewind theater we've done. Only thing I'd have is a final question. Which, Which turtle is? do you relate to most? Oh, that's a tough question. I've always been a... I can tell you which one I don't, and it's Michelangelo by far. I feel like at one point or another, I've always related to one of the other ones. Fair. Yeah. Probably. It's like, like as a kid, I wanted to be Donatello. In in my early 20s, early 30s, or late 20s, early 30s, probably Leo. Right now, Raphael. <laughs> I said, pro- Raphael's like adolescent shittiness I was probably like a perfect match for me when I was 15 <laughs> um, but yeah pro- I'm pro- probably a mixture of like yeah Donatello and, and Leo Ian? Uh, Leonardo because all the other turtles hate him <laughs> <laughs> that's the bar <laughs> I feel like that's Raph though actually like it's not well, I guess I'm thinking oh, of the cartoon he... more where they are like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Andy, which turtle are you? I was always a Donatello guy. And I was always kind of pushed toward Michelangelo because I shared like the name and all that. And it. Yeah, I'm upset Brian never... didn't introduce you as Mikey. Yeah. Oh, uh, missed Slightly. opportunity. Uh, but I, I never really related to him. I was never like that. That was never my attitude. More Leonardo, Donatello, <laughs> one of those two. We well, you know what that means, Ian. The next Turtles episode we do, he's got to be the hack reviewer, Mikey. <laughs> Mikey, the. <hack. laughs> I mean, he's also bad at reviewing life cereal, so he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if anyone was gonna get it. <laughs> I mean, that's the first time I've ever heard that one in my life. In connection with being a hack reviewer, though, that was different. (laughs) I think that's probably the best note to end on, right? I think think that's where we got to go. It's not going to go up from there. Yeah. All right. Well, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, please support us. Leave a five star rating and review. This is where all you, you know, wherever you listen to us audio wise here, you can just give us follow on Twitch. Uh, whenever you listen to the audio portion, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher. Feel free to follow us. Keep up with the show. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy and Super Friends. Go to Facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Try to email us, Friends at gmail.com. That email address does work. I verified that today, so I did check it. Uh, and you can tweet us at BGSuperFriends on Twitter. Uh, again, follow me on Twitch if you want to keep up for the next uh, live broadcast whenever we decide to do another live one. We'll see what else we can figure out. We'll try to do it maybe once a month-ish or something. Uh, so we'll try to figure out what we want to do next for this. So keep an eye out to Twitter and Facebook. That's where we post whenever we're going to go live. You can find us there. And on behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening and watching us this time. And we'll talk to you next time. Sit Nation, please help me with my Sony payments.